Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hey, Gator Nation, welcome back to the Respect Our Decision podcast. As always, with me are Mike. What's going on? And the hype man, Wes. What's good, Gator Nation? And we got a jam-packed show for y'all today. Just want to go ahead and remind y'all real quick to please make sure y'all download us on all your podcast providers like Apple, Spotify, Our Heart Radio, Google Podcast, anywhere you can download your podcast make sure you check out our youtube channel and subscribe for all our future content coming and go ahead and if you want to support us as creators hit us up on our patreon at respect our decision we've got some big future things coming including some giveaways on that patreon and we'll let you know as they come shout out as always to utah gator for being our first ever patron and real quick guys want to make sure we give a big shout out to our sponsor Camwood Supplements, please make sure y'all visit camwoodsupplements.com. Enter code RESPECT20 to save 20% off your first purchase. Great products over there. Great all-natural supplements. I highly recommend the Super Greens. If you have any digestive issues whatsoever, they work wonders for me. I really, really recommend that. But without any further ado, guys, we're going to get right to it. We've got a big special guest today, Nick Delatore. Writer, senior writer for Own Three and Gators Online, and you know him from the Stadium Gale podcast. Nick, what's going on, man? Uh, I'm getting bigger, so I don't know if I'm special, but I'm definitely getting bigger, eating good. That's for <laughs> sure. So I guess that's what you meant by big, special big guest. But yeah, I'm glad to be here, guys. Special it's, big uh, guest, man. Yeah. Hey, uh, we're still doing this pod here. world. Every guest is special, man. <laughs> okay. Hey, it's uh, it's it's cool though because like it, you don't need much. You just need an internet connection and 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 like 
pair of headphones. All you need is like an Apple pair of headphones and just it's just some guys talking football. And that's what we do, man. That's what we do. Um, you know, we had a had an up and down week, man, up and down couple of weeks. And, um, you know, we just really want to kick it around a little bit and talk about what's going on with the team and where they might be going to next. But, you know, this is a recruiting podcast first and foremost. So we obviously want to go ahead and start out talking a little bit of recruiting. And you being on on three there with Corey Bender and the gang, y'all do terrific job over there, get lots of great interviews and lots of content out. What's the what's the vibe right now going around the Gators recruiting world? Yeah, I think uh, man, it's it, well. Re- Billy Napier's recruiting has been a roller coaster. I mean, you miss on a couple of guys, and I thought I thought like like six weeks into Billy Napier's tenure, I was like, man, this is the quickest a coach has ever been fired by a fan base. Like <laughs> they they were ready to run him out of town, and then they kind of figured things out. Um, they had that one. They had like a fourteen week stretch or a fourteen day stretch where they were just getting recruits left and right. Um, and then I think once the season started, the big thing for me was that they didn't want to have any official visitors. And, and I think the, the thing about that is if you, if you think about recruiting and, and what a visit is like, yes, you want kids there to see the environment that you got in Utah. Yeah. You want them to see Tom Petty. Um, but in terms of a visit, uh, uh, an official visit is not, you're not getting out of it what you could in the fall, what you could in the spring or or, you know, later in the winter. And by that, I mean the coaching staff is either Friday night out watching games. Um, Saturday, they're in the hotel with the team. There's a there's a mission. There's a goal. You're not getting that FaceTime. You're not getting that that one-on-one time with with your position coach, with all these other recruiters. And Florida's put in, um, I mean, just that. They've got 8,000 people on staff to handle recruiting. Um, <laughs> but, but they really want – to have just one game. They think the LSU game is going to be big and special. So if you want to come for an official, that's the game. Otherwise they want you to come to an official when they can be all hands on deck. So I like that. Um, and I think you saw that uh, an official get changed from last week. And I think that'll be re- rescheduled for LSU. So um, to me, the recruiting is, is only going up and, and you're in that sweet spot for first year head coach where you're going to do with, with the roster that you inherited, you're going to do what you can, but now you're still uh, able to point and say, listen, if we had you, Mike, if we had you running the ball for us, like we haven't had a chance to get our guys in, you see this deficiency we have, you come in and you're going to fill that for us. And and we're looking for guys like you to come in and, and you're still in that sweet spot. If you're a fifth year coach, you can't really say, ah, Hey, we have a deficiency on our team. Well, you've been recruiting for four years that, that deficiency is your problem so now you're able to put it on somebody else and tell these guys hey we might take our lumps this year but we need to get guys like you in uh guys that we want uh on top of my or on top of um into into our program and, and that's when we're going to be special so i think you're in that sweet spot right now the swamp um wasn't as good for um for kentucky as it was for utah but it's been two really good environments so any any player that's there can see or start to picture themselves, hey, I want to run out of that tunnel and, and hear this for me. So I think the the swamp has has done its part in recruiting uh, as the eight thousand and one and first member on staff. Um, I think the swamp's done its job, and and then and then Florida's played well. Um, you know, I think the defense played played well enough to win the football game against Kentucky, and obviously everyone played well enough to to win the opener against Utah. 
Absolutely. And just a, a note about moving those official visits back, that also, you know, you always want to position yourself to have as close to the last visit as possible. Mm-hmm. So, you know, that's that's a old trick out of Saban's book that I'm sure Billy knows as well that he's probably trying to employ. Mike, you had something you wanted to add that you wanted to ask off of that? Yeah. Yeah. Um, Nick, how do you finish um, your statement there um, toward the end? Um, first, did the ink that you, you caught you uh, Kentucky lost had an effect on recruiting? Um, I don't think, I don't think it does. And I don't think any one game should, okay. um, you know, like when they say uh, the, the, the fan base or the media leaked his commitment and now he's not going to commit to that school. I'm like, all right, well, that's not, that's probably not the kid you want in your program. The one that's going to be like, Oh no, they ruined my surprise. So I'm going to take my party elsewhere. That's probably not the kid you want. So if you, if you lose to Kentucky and it's Billy Napier's second game as coach uh, at Florida, Billy Napier hasn't even coached 50 games as a head coach yet. And you played a coach who's been the head coach at Utah for 18 years um, Stoops is in his 11th year. Um, both teams are top 20. Three out of the top three of your first four opponents are top 20. Um, I don't think any uh, any one loss is going to hurt Florida. Like Derek Lagway's in the swamp. I think he's more like, dang, this is really cool. This is a really cool environment more so than, ah, they lost to Kentucky. So I need to think about that when I make my decision in, uh, you know, in a year of where I'm going to go play in two years. And just to follow up on that, you you pretty much touched on it with uh, Billy having a bump class. Um, I've been saying um, you just pretty much have to look competent, and you, mm-hmm. you essentially sell like, hey, we just need you in this class. And if you are yeah. de- um, deficient in, say, like tight ends, you're like, that's what you're selling. Like, look what you could do. So um, <laughs> what are your thoughts on hey, that? Hey, they're, they're, they're not selling tight end to anybody. The tight ends on this team are, are an extension of the offensive line. So Correct. I don't know if you're, you're, you're not getting, you know, the next Kyle Pitts to come down and look at your offense and say, Hey, yeah, that looks fun. I want to go do that. <laughs> um, but that's exactly what it is. It, it's like, Hey, listen, the, yes, these are my guys now, but I didn't uh, to steal like a parcels line. I didn't go, sh- I didn't go shopping. Like I'm making dinner, but I didn't shop for the ingredients that we're making dinner with. Um, so that's definitely a thing that a first year coach, maybe even a second-year coach can get away with. Now, there's definitely an expiration date on that recruiting pitch, but Billy Napier's in the sweet spot of being able to do that because, yes, he's been here since December, but these he inherited this team. He inherited this roster. So you're definitely selling that to people. And it's like, hey, you can even show them film from Louisiana and say, listen, you didn't see that on Saturday, but we just don't have the guys to do that yet. But this is what our offense can do. So I make the joke about the tight ends, but you might be able to show them something on film if you have a tight end on a visit and say, listen, I know we threw three passes to tight ends uh, tonight, but look, here's what like the full arsenal is. We just don't have that skill set or that player in the offense yet to really do it, to really open up the offense. Yeah, I equated that to somebody yesterday. I said he's basically trying to put a puzzle together with pieces that aren't meant or fit this puzzle mm-hmm. right now. Yeah, and, like and you drop the puzzle in the pool, and now you've got soggy pieces, and you're trying to <laughs> – Yeah, you're, you're trying, trying to, to make them fit any way you can to put the best puzzle together, but the picture might not look great when you're done. Yeah. <laughs> Wes, you got a question you want to ask, Nick? Yeah, um, kind of like a two-part question. I had a question in mind to, to start off, but then – us talking about what we were just discussing about um, uh, these the, the, the class that he has in now and who he's working with as far as Mullen guys. There's a lot of talk about the three 
years and what years should he be established? You know, people, there was a three-year test thing going around from uh, another podcast that people love to employ. I'm not a believer in that because I, if, in year three, those players that Mullen had are now juniors and your players that you were creating are now freshmen and sophomores. And then that sophomore class wasn't really a full class for you. So how do you mm-hmm. feel about that? Because I mean, you kind of touched on it already. But what is the year you think that coach is it year four? Because I'm thinking year four, maybe because now your your first class is juniors, even yeah. though that class is kind of half. That makes sense. Yeah, you know, that makes sense. I used to be a big proponent of you have to give a coach four years to get a full yeah. recruiting class, a full four yeah. in. But now with the transfer portal, what, what is that timeline? Uh, you look at Mel Tucker at Michigan State. <clears throat> he comes in and he gets a bunch of a bunch of guys um, from the portal and, and almost wins the Big Ten. So I, I almost thought, well, is it is the timeline shorter now? Like you, you in the past, you couldn't go get a Ricky Pearsall. You couldn't go get Osiris Torrance or a Montreal Johnson. They, if those guys did transfer in, they'd be on the bench. You know, not even in pads watching the game. You know, next to us. Um, so I don't I, – I used to – I've almost backed off of my you need four years because recruiting isn't just get the freshman in and it might take some time. Recruiting is now like, hey, we can go get like – if Anthony Richardson leaves for the NFL, finishes the year strong, leaves for the NFL, they're going to be back in the portal for a quarterback. And you might get, uh, you know, a junior quarterback who could start for you next year. So I think when you look at recruiting, I used to be big on you need to give a coach four full years, get his – get four recruiting cycles in. And I agree with you, Wes. It's like, hey, even in year three, you've got now a freshman class, a sophomore class that might be a bunch of redshirt freshmen um, who didn't really play a ton. So you're not even getting – you're still playing with the other guys, you know, recruits. Yeah. But I think with with the transfer portal, that kind of skews things a little bit because you're not having to rely on only recruiting freshmen. You can recruit freshmen, sophomores, juniors, seniors, grad, graduates. Um, so I, I wonder – if and I think now you probably shorten that that time frame be, just because of the transfer portal. Cool. Um, before I ask the same question, I meant to say this before we started. It is big to me, like you and Spivey and Zach uh, were the first couple people I followed when I first got into this, like maybe six, seven years ago. So big shout out, appreciate all the work you did. I've been following you for a while, man. So and I got to get Zach in here because when he was doing a radio show with Zeb with Jeff, that's how I kind of. That led me to I was calling and he hooked me up with some people that led me to Mike and then her. So, yeah, I had to plug that in. But my real question, um, you've been following Gator Nation, as I said, for a while. And you've been – this your third coach? Were you here with Muschamp? This is my fourth coach. Fourth coach in fourth 10 coach. years. My I, bad. Might, I, I, I might be the problem. I short I might be the problem. My bad. I short change it. <laughs> I sure the, solution to, the solution, <laughs> not, the not solution to fix Florida football might just get me out of town. Get me out of town, and, and they might figure it out. Start my fourth coach. My man, I sure changed you. I didn't mean to sure change you. What is the difference between uh, in the program since you've been here for four different coaches? What do you think sets Napier apart from Muschamp, from uh, McElwain, and from uh, Mullen? Can you speak on that? Yeah, I think um, I think for me, Jim McElwain didn't understand the expectations. Like he got to Atlanta and he was good. Like, yo, we're we're winning the East. We're putting up banners for winning the East too. Like, like, why are they mad at me? Why aren't Why aren't they like we're we're, we're doing what we're supposed to do? And I'm like, I'm like, no one's gonna be happy when you lose to Bama by 28 in the SC Championship. It's not about getting there. It's about competing. And then I thought Dan Mullen. I was like. He, he created, he was part of creating 
the expectations. He'll surely understand it. And I think he understood it. Um, he just didn't want to do the work to, to meet those expectations. I think Billy Napier um, learned so much under Saban, under what those expectations are. Um, he may not understand them, but he knows what they're going to be and that they're not going to change. Um, the biggest difference to me with Napier is um, when Jim McElwain came, he, he talked about having the two-year calendar. And I don't know that they really followed it. And that's a Saban thing. It's like, you know what you're doing two years out from today. I think Napier has that same philosophy because they both learned it under Saban. Um, but I think he's got the people around him that um, can take work off of him, can take a load off of him, can take a load off of Rob Sale or 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 any of the other coaches, Jabari Luke, because you've got a slew. We joke like, oh, Florida has two offensive line coaches. Well, they also have like six graduate assistants. There's there's just a, a slew of people there that are always handling things. And I think if you look at it now, you're going to see more teams try to um, copy this model because with NIL, with the transfer portal, with recruiting, with coaching, there's just too much for guys to do. So I think that's really the biggest thing. And credit to Billy Napier because I, I had a coach from the Big Ten hit me up and they're like, how did Napier get all of these people hired? <laughs> I've been trying to get two people just to help with recruiting for five years and they won't hire two more people. So it wasn't just – and listen, Florida's been been accused of you know uh, having tight purse strings for a long time and, and they're spending money on graduates, graduate assistants, on analysts, and, and all these people. So Billy Napier was able to not just ask Scott Strickland, hey, I need I need 80 guys on staff. He was saying, hey, I need 80, and this is what they're all going to do. No one's just standing in the corner making popcorn. So I think that's the biggest thing, and I think you're going to see people try to copy Florida and, and have all of these other things because there's just too much for a coach to do, especially in the season when it comes to recruiting and game planning and coaching, to have to handle all these other things. Absolutely. Um, so, Nick, you know, I mean, right now, Florida sits number nine in the own three team rankings. We're going to make sure we use own three team rankings here because Nick's with us. Um, how do you feel like Billy is, you know, obviously we, we got a few pieces left out there that we need to get. But how do you feel like this class mm-hmm. has come together as far as filling the needs of this team? Um, I, I think you still need uh, – I think it fills the needs. First off, I, th- I think it fills the needs that, that, that Florida has. Um, obviously, you can look at you know linebacker, look at offensive line. You're going to need to get guys there, especially when you look at the offensive line. You're, you could lose – you're going to lose Richard Garage. You're going to lose Torrance. You could lose a guy like Kingsley Egricon. Um, You're, you're going to need to replace some guys. But I think you've got some – Big pieces like a Kelby Collins uh, and Aiden Mizell, TJ Searcy, Jakeem Wilson, Will Norman. Like these are big names to get. Jakeem Jackson. Um, I think the defensive line recruiting, like uh, Sean. I don't know if Sean Spencer it gets like a, a raise with every blue chipper he gets, um, but if he does, like he might be. Making he just more got his nickname back from us. That's all he got from my. Uh, no, not just Mike. Just Mike. Just Mike. Mike. Yeah, just Mike was on. I mean, you still need the nose, but I digress. How how were you at, how were you at Chaos's neck? Because he, he wasn't well at I'm, the time. This was before the influx of of defensive linemen. I think we only had two yes, on the board. I never time. understood because he had so many people on the board. But offensive <laughs> line, end of the day, nobody. he was getting paid we for the He was getting paid a million dollars. He wasn't getting the kids to commit. To his defense, they weren't technically off the board. I mean, we did lose to a, uh, a G five school, but I once again I digress. He's getting paid the money. 
I said, if he gets the kids, he'll get his nickname back. But right now, we still don't have a nose. That's the bottom line. No, you do. You do have a nose. You have Desmond Watson, who has like two noses. He is, he is <laughs> yes. physically who, two And who noses. recruited him? I don't know. Not, not, not chaos. Not, not chaos. Well, Apparently, we don't believe said, in noses. You said chaos, though. Um, I had bro. They, I put the, they, I'm a man of my word. Okay. He did. Well, well, we, we, held, well, we held his feet to the But fire at the same time, man. though. That's, hey, I put it on the timeline that that Sunday when we're when the kids committed. How much does Rob Sale make? A million. A million dollars. Okay. I was about oh, to ask. Okay. I was about to ask. For thank thank you, Nick. I, I thought he made a million. Right, I, think, I thought track. he did. And, and I Ke- thought he did. Uh, Keanu just happened to be on campus back back weeks, but I once again let's let's omit the facts. Um, no, <laughs> that's neither here nor there. Yeah, right? I mean, uh, let's not pay committed attention to Florida. That, that Is he committed right. to Florida? All right, we're getting off track. We're on D line right now. <laughs> hold on, hold on, so hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. No, no, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, Mike. You can't say Kearney was on campus and Walker was not. Are we gonna talk mm-hmm. D line or O line? Oh, okay, oh, okay, but keep <laughs> no, going, I mean, keep I'll going. Talk. No, I, I, I gotta go ahead. go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. My bad. I just want to make sure you, I'm you trying to have a nice podcast here. No, you can't. So, have it. all right, would would you say right now? I, I don't care if it gets Kaylee. Is the D line class incomplete without a nose tackle? No, because you're going to have a nose. Listen, first well, of all, where? Desmond Watson, he's on campus. He's not graduating early. So he's is not, he going to play 60 snaps? <clears throat> if, if, listen, so Desmond Watson, I'm surprised that he played 28 snaps. No, I no, yeah. I agree, but that's not – did he play 28 good snaps or did he play 15 good snaps? No, he's at his no, best playing 20 getting... snaps because I saw okay, him but... when, he, when he got pushed back four yards into the end zone yeah. when Utah scored. But that's I mean, a big once... strong offensive lineman right there. That's what I that mean, is, Mike. <laughs> it's, all, it's also a first-year starter as well. But, I mean, yeah. I mean he's going to play leverage. But, once again, he, he's, he's, on, he's on scholarship too. I mean, he is on scholarship. But if, if he is coach correct, either coach correctly or also smart, um, I'm, I'm tired. I'm just going to make a pile and plug that A gap. But he doesn't. He gives up and he lets uh, get into a uh, linebacker's way. Wasn't well, Jalen? I think. I'm go ahead, Nick. I apologize. I I, th- I think you need you need Des to get. Listen, he moves. I, I, I hear this. Everyone says this, and he does. He moves really well for does. being being a biscuit away from 460. But like, how well would you move at 380? No, you're still I, a no, very and big I, dude and I have at 380. 380 at his ideal weight. But I'm not talking. I'm not hating on Des. He, he outperformed my thoughts on him. And hey, kudos mm-hmm. to him for playing too many snaps, but still getting the job done. Utah played amazing. I'm just talking about this recruiting class. It is incomplete. I don't care who you get if you don't get a nose tackle. You can't rely on transfers. Jalen Lee's been playing his butt off, but I need a true zero. That's all I'm saying. It doesn't, I got you. It just it just seems to me like a weird hill to die on to be like the <laughs> defensive line class is not good enough. I, it just seems it just so, seems like a weird uh, here, hill, to, you, all right. hill to die on. Black and white, yes or no? You're okay with this D line class without a nose? Yeah. That's it. Yeah. Yes. It's complete. Black and white. Yes. All right. Yeah. That's fine. Yeah. I mean, you, you don't. Okay you don't. It. Hopefully, we're playing a three three five. Yeah. This is my problem. Hopefully. This is my problem with that. Even the guys you name, you name Jalen Lee, you name Watson. Then you, I saw Chris. Mc, I, I might pronounce Chris his name last. He was out there even in the game Saturday. So you have these guys, but Mike won't. Well, Mike won't have that same injury for the offensive line if everybody leaves. And then what do we? Then he'll say, "Well, we have these guys that hadn't played yet." That's the same mm-hmm. thing I can, we can say about talking, the defensive are you line. About the upper, the upperclassmen. What upper? What upperclassmen? So okay. next year, what would the, what would Desmond Watson, Chris? And and Dylan Lee be next year. 
Do you want to talk about? Are we talking? Oh, I'm line, just asking simple question. question. Pick, that was simple question. What would they be next year? What's what the line of scrimmage? Okay. I'm a, What's the line of scrimmage? Are we on? You keep. You, you got to go ahead, Hurst. we moved off from D line. Ask your question, Hurst. Go ahead. What's it? Are we on O line? I will, I will happily go over that. And once again, no, you don't have to. I already approved what I proved what I wanted to say about. It. I think you just you don't have to like say I'm anything. right, and I mean that's fine. This is, I can. This is our I, this is our <laughs> weekly debate. I can go left to right on O line. Who who these we guys, have these as guys upper fight for their lines. They fight that's for the their same, lines. You the want same that? Thing. Nick just gave you because we have we have, we have we have depth. We have we have depth at those positions. Not to mention okay. the transfers that were brought in. Okay, from You're right. Right. I know. Nick, I'm, I'm glad Nick, you can agree with me on this. Nick, obviously, we still got a lot of meat on the bone, though, out there. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, how, how do you think? Do you think? Let me rephrase this. Do you think we can close high enough to say be top seven in this class? Um. Yeah, I, I think so. Because there's. It's like like a core mining McLean. I think Florida is in a great spot for him. And how much does you know uh, a five star like Cormani uh, move you up? I, I I would say, and I'm not our recruiting guy, but I would say Florida leads for Cormani. Um, I don't know. My problem with with like the offensive line classes, and I know this will rile Mike up, is like I don't think the there is guys left out there to make up your offensive line class. So I think you're already at a position with offensive line where you're going to have to hit the portal. Um, so to me, I think, yeah, there's, there's some guys out there. Um, but like top, I think top seven's probably, you know, moving up two more spots, top seven's probably like the cap. Um, I don't think it's a, it's a class that can get into five unless you're starting to talk about flipping guys, you know, like, um, can you flip a, a Richard Young, which I don't think so, or flip a Baxter or some of those, you know, those, those five-star, four-star kids, high four-stars. Yeah, that's that's why I was hitting on that. Obviously, I mean we're in we're squarely in the mix for Keeley. Mm-hmm. We're we're in great shape for Cormani. Um, you could flip a kid like Walker. That's a detail. Yeah. All right. That was a joke. Go ahead. <laughs> we got Go Jordan. Ahead. You know, Jordan Hall's out there. Walker's out there. But you know, we got you got to finish these kids off. Uh, that, yeah. That blue, Kearney, that blue that blue chip uh, kid from Arizona offensive tackle. I, I know he's out there as well. He's so he's um, staying. West is what kind yeah. of what I've heard, um, but but like I was saying, there's 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 still a lot of meat on the bone to to try to move up to top seven, and I mean I think everyone would pretty much generally classify that as a win this season. Yeah, for sure. Hey, hey Nick, and quick question. So let's just say Billy hits on Cormani and Keeley, and for whatever reason we get, uh, let's just say go, let's go crazy a Baxter flip. Right or something of that nature, the momentum just comes. What is your ceiling? What can this class max out at? I mean, I think like seven. I think is what what it maxes out at because you still got guys that are gonna and and that's great. That's a great first class. Um, Absolutely, maybe a six and and, uh, because it depends on you know after as games get played too, guys. uh, um, ratings fluctuate with how they're playing their team yep. season. So, so Florida's class might not get those guys and might still go up just based on how the guys they have committed play. But I think probably six, like I think Hurst said, you know, is seven is seven a good finish. I think like six or seven. I don't think there's enough out there without a bunch of flips happening to get into the top five, but we're talking about your first, your first recruiting class. And it's not even a, your first full recruiting class because like the guys that are seniors here, like Cormani ha- didn't have a relationship with Billy, but Cormani, Cormani was never going to go to UL. Um, I remember, I can't remember the player right now, but 
Dan Mullen got someone to sign at Florida and he, that, that the, oh man, I forget the player. The player told us, he was like, yeah, I, Oh, it was Emory Jones. Emory was damn uh, Emory. Mississippi state was Emory's first offer. And he literally said, Oh, I told Dan, I was never going to go to Mississippi state. And then he comes to Gainesville and it's like, okay, well I would go to that school now. So there's a whole different caliber of, of recruit that, that he's going yeah. after now that have had relationships with Kirby smart, with Jimbo, um, with yeah. Dabo for for four years, and he's just now starting to talk to him. That that was something we hit on on this pod from day one. Was um, you know, Corey Raymond was probably the only guy on this staff that mm. that had had any communication with any of these kids that were, yeah. you know, that that are on the in our commit list now. So I mean, mm-hmm. and the the relationships that were damaged i'll just say by dan and his staff you know that was a lot of rebuilding that had to be done a lot of goodwill had to be made up a lot of bridges had to be built back so mm. i thought well, bridges you when you when you neglect a, a bridge for so long it, it might start to fall apart so i don't know if he <laughs> he bombed the bridge but uh by neglecting it yeah for sure for sure there was some, some of them he never went over <laughs> there were no tire marks over that bridge to Lakeland, huh? In, in, it wasn't time yet. Yeah. <laughs> it wasn't the season. Hey, going hey Nick. Um, given our depth, um, not only is the upperclassmen in um, on the scholarship breakdown that you. Um, oh, by the way, thank you for provi- providing that scholarship breakdown on on three. Your message. Bro, I'm so ready for for like the COVID kids or the COVID years to be done because I'm yeah. looking at. I'm trying to do the scholarship breakdown. I'm like, I don't know what classification this player is like, are they using their COVID year? Are they not? Are they yeah. is it still in no, no, pocket? Can they use it? And I'm like, uh, no, you're fine. No, it's a de- definitely a great breakdown. So, you know, I'm seeing, you know, behind the current line, you know, uh, behind the current starters, we definitely have some upperclassmen depth, um, you know, and also the young bucks, you know, that's with uh, Austin Barber getting some play as well. Not to mention some of the, uh, that Juco guy they brought in and uh, Cameron waiters as well. So, you know, the depth, you know, that, you know, Wes conveniently omits that's obviously talented and it's probably going to be ready to go. Um, how much do you think we're going to bring in a large O-line class or kind of just keep it somewhat limited to maybe two to three tackles and a couple interior O-linemen and, and really go hard? Um, you know, that's um, next next cycle. Uh, I mean, if you look at it, so I would say it, it would depend on who leaves and, and that's, that's going to be tough because like Ethan White could come back. Uh, I see him coming he? back personally, but if he doesn't, then then you need somebody else. So like you've yeah, got guys correct, like correct. you've got guys like Josh Braun who I, who has, really hasn't played a lot. So I think he comes back, or does he end up transferring? That's the that's the that's why I think coaches are getting paid uh, as much as they are to try to figure this stuff out. And you, I just don't know. So what, what do I have Florida at 14, 17 offensive linemen? I think you want twenty. So I think you're already behind the numbers. So yeah, I think you do need a, a bigger class because seventeen, because Torrance is gone. Um, or seventeen. So so you're yeah. but you're still behind. You're still behind that twenty that I think you want. And then oh. do guys like uh, a Yusef Murgabel or a Jake Slaughter who haven't played a ton? Do they end up transferring to try to find to find playing time? And now you're losing, and now you're down to you know down to twelve quick. So yeah, I still think you need a, a big class, whether that's. Okay. Um, Going and getting a guy like an Osiris Torrance, you know, or a grad transfer that's only going to give you one year, um, as to to kind of bridge that over. Because I've always said offensive line is the hardest position to recruit 
because, you know, it's just a projection. And there's so many, uh, I mean, was it Martez Ivy from, was Martez Ivy in, no, five David star. Sharp. Mm-hmm. I, I remember I remember watching David Sharp, and he was a five-star. I drove yep. up to Jacksonville, watched him play, and I'm like, first off, he hasn't faced a defensive lineman within 70 pounds of, of him this year. <laughs> so he's just pushing people. I go, and also, they're running like a, a wing T offense. So I'm like, what, does he know how to pass block? He's not being asked to. What he's being asked to do is push these little kids around. He is. So it's just a projection. And, and yeah. he was a great – player great five star but then it takes time to get him ready to play at this level so i think offensive lines a position when you say okay well we can get four in this class and that's good it's like all right well those four might not be ready to play for three years so yeah i think you need to be getting five offensive linemen every cycle okay appreciate that has anything yeah has anything like as far as recruiting have you been surprised or has this been like uh, what you expected when Napier got hired as far as recruiting? Did, like, did you expect us to be like 10 to 12, or is this nine to maybe get to seven as your cap? Uh, has that surprised you? Um, I, the, the thing for me, so like Dan Mullen came in, he's like, it means something when you walk in with this Gator logo on your chest. And then I thought he, in his mind, thought that like the logo on his shirt would talk when he was recruiting and, and like recruit for him. I think Billy Napier says that same thing but doesn't rest on it being like, Hey, we're, we're Florida. So you're going to come here. Right. Um, so I thought, okay, well, let's see what he does. I think he, he really enjoys recruiting. And I think he treats recruiting the same way he would treat the game Saturday against USF. It's like, Hey, we're recruiting is a game and we're trying to win. We're trying to win these battles. So I thought they would, they would get it and they would recruit better than the last staff. I think they're ahead of schedule, I guess, where I was, I thought, okay, if you, you, top 15 this year, 12 would be great. I think breaking into the top 10, I didn't think they would be in the first in the first cycle, um, which is where we have them. So I think maybe even, you know, a little bit ahead of schedule of what I thought their first class would be. Cool. Appreciate it. Nick, let me ask you something. I want to go back to, like, what you were saying about David Sharp. And um, obviously you used to work for 247 as well. And, and maybe you can't elaborate into this as much as I would we would like. Do you feel like the current ratings and evaluation process is 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 a real good process? I mean, like, I, and the reason I ask that is it, it always goes back now, right now, to Arch and his yeah. not camping and not going to Elite Eleven and things like that. We had a discussion in I, one of our first podcasts, one of our first or second podcasts, was would it be a better thing? Like, this was right after Cormani dropped a few spots because he had a bad day. Do you think it would be more effective for maybe some of these top 25, 50 kids not to camp at this point? Uh, maybe, but then you get kids who don't camp um, and then don't get rated because no one sees them. Well, I mean, um, if like I'm saying like the kids that are already like top 50, like they're already ranked top 50, like the yeah. Arch was. Arch was one out of the box. Like, you know, y'all have him as a five-star plus. Mm-hmm. But he doesn't go to any camps. I mean, all you have to go on is game film and obviously – the questions about his competition are what they are. Right. I mean, we're not going to, we're not going to deep dive that, but we all, you know, have our opinion on that. Mm-hmm. By so, the way, just, folks, Nick does not do the ratings. So he does not, but he works, for, he's worked for companies Disclaimer. that have, I just, I, I'm just curious on his opinion on this. What you, if you're Cormani McLean, is it, I mean, obviously the kids is a, is a competitor and he's going to mm-hmm. go and he's going to camp, but it, 
if there's a chance that you lose your ranking and possibly your nil your your nil value, is it a possibility for these kids to skip camps going forward if they're ranked so high? It could be. Um, and and then what camps do you go to? I've had <clears throat> when I worked for for rivals, I had um a kid tell me, oh, rivals has me ranked lower than the other three sites. So I'm not going to do an interview with you. And I was like, I have nothing to do with that ranking. (laughs) (laughs) And then would he, and then would he go to, um, you know, a different camp, but not a a rival sponsor camp. Um, It is a tough spot for the guys that, that do the recruiting rankings. Cause it's like, okay, well, this is the first time I've had a chance to see Cormine McClain in person. And and let me see He's going to, he's going to, I know what he is on film and I've watched this and I've seen that. And then maybe it's an overreaction to seeing him in person. And like you said, it's just a bad day. <clears throat> you have one bad day. But then in, in my mind, if I'm the guy that's making the rankings, well, this is the first time I had a chance to see him. Maybe the tape lies. Maybe he's not that fast as he looks in tape. Maybe it was just bad competition. You start second-guessing yourself. So I, I think it could lead to players not going. Um, because as we get into NIL and NIL starts shaping things, um, like I – it's Florida's new building is nice, but like with that $65 million, we better spent, you know, uh, with the Gator collective and, and, or with the Gator guard to like pay, pay kids. Like, I don't, I don't know. So I think NIL is going to continue shaping and changing um, the way things are going, but that's, that's something I'd, I'd never even thought of Hirsch is that, you know, shoot, I went to a camp and slipped and somebody caught a touchdown on me. And then I dropped, you know, this many points in my recruiting ranking, which then you could probably do some math that's over my head to equate to how many dollars did I lose in NIL from that. It's, so it's reasonable. It's it's no different than kids skipping bowl games or yeah. you know what kids skipping the season a year a few years back. I mean, at the end of the day, these kids are these kids are going to do they need to do in a lot of cases what's best for them and their families. And we have and to it, respect respect their decision. Absolutely. <laughs> one kid, absolutely. Uh, one kid in Texas get this high school season. I mean, it, do we like it as fans? No, we no. don't. I mean, and are some of these kids just straight competitors? They want to go out there and be top dog? Obviously. And I can't, you know, and if that means they slip in rankings, then I mean, then obviously that was that was their decision to do to hmm. do that. And they and they have to live with that. But I think if you look at the long term landscape of it and NIL dollars are determined by, you know, like hmm. I know on three has a has their chart as far as what the kids nil NIO values are. Well, I mean, if you drop from 10 to, to 50 or whatever it has, I'm, I'm sure that goes down in some way, shape or form. Mm-hmm. And it's just, it's just something to think about. You know, I, 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 ha- I dread putting it out there because I don't want to start seeing it happening, but I'm think it's inevitable. <laughs> well, you, that, you are the first one that, that I've heard of it. So when, when guys start sitting out, we're going to have to, we're going to have to, we're going to trace it back somewhere, Hirsch. We'll only, we'll only need to come on here. And, the Florida and, fan base uh, is going to start blaming me like I'm Dan Thompson <laughs> losing the creeks to Miami. Yeah. <laughs> Shout out to Dan. Um, <laughs> Go ahead, so, Mike. So, yeah, no, just a say. couple, couple last questions in regards to this, um, on the staff. Uh, Wes already touched on it, but just one word. How would you describe not only Billy, but just staff as a whole, like their, de- their demeanor, like towards recruiting, and um, especially based on like what you've seen previously, the previous uh, three staffs. One word, I would say enthusiastic. Oh, um, okay. Which I would not have said about the last staff. Um, it was funny. So I ran into somebody um, who worked for McElwain and. 
this might be a hot topic or hot take, but they had recruiting finally figured out with McAway and his staff before Jim decided to make up some death threats. Like Jamar <laughs> was coming to Gainesville. Matt Corral Ooh. was coming to Gainesville. Chase. Jamar Chase. Like they, they oh, were they, that last yeah. class was that famous be pool really, jumping incident. That last class is gonna be really good. And then Jim McElwain just, you know, torpedoed the whole thing. So but this staff enjoys recruiting. And, and I, I don't know uh, I don't want to name names. I don't know that everyone is as good as uh, Billy is. And I think Billy will get more involved and as a head coach. You don't have to be the best recruiter on your team, but you need to be when, when, when you're a tight end coach and you call your head coach, say, Hey, I need you to come and meet with this guy. We got to close the door. You have to be able to walk in and, 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 you That's know, the, the and sign the deal. Yeah. And sign the deal. You don't need to be the one that talks to as a head coach. It talks to every recruit the most, but when you're, position coach or when somebody says hey we need you to come and seal the deal you need to be able to do that as a head coach um and i don't know that everyone on staff is like the same level as recruiters um goddess i don't know that everyone on staff is is the same level um there's (laughs) mike's over there like nick blink blink if blink blink after the name of the weak recruiter i'm just uh we have a we, Mike. Mike created a, created a hashtag from the very first episode, so we 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 got an idea of what you mean. <laughs> yeah, um, but, but uh, and listen, it's I, they don't need me. I I can't protect them. The 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 signing classes will will reveal who those coaches are and and who they sure. are. And uh, and this is what I've noticed throughout. Uh, what are your thoughts on it? Billy does. He has that. He's very methodical. You know. He, he he's very he's very calculated. So it says like personality is like that perfect one to be able to drown out the us as Gator Nation. Um, I mean we've we run, we run off coaches. I mean you have to have a certain personality uh, for a quarterback and head coach to be in Gainesville. So mm-hmm. the pressure is you know heart attacks, etc. You know it's death threats, so on and so forth. Not you know Jeff Driscoll couldn't hack it. Based on, I mean, he's a he's a solid quarterback. He's in the league, got a, like three or four years. So, would you say Billy is a uh, built to withstand that and drown out the noise? Yeah, I, I it, it's early for me to say that. I think my early opinion would be, yeah, he is. Um, he is. He's a just a really like devout Christian. Um, I think he puts his family. And and his relationship with God first before anything else, and but he still is a tireless worker, um, and and it's funny we joke with him all the time. It's like when was the last time you saw your wife? Especially when uh, they first they were first starting, and he was having to fly to do recruiting and the and to try to fill out a coaching staff. We're like, when was the last time you saw your wife? He was like, well, we Facetimed on the plane yesterday, and I was like, okay, <laughs> this guy like this guy is, is not afraid to work, so. I think that Florida fans will, if they haven't seen that, will see it. Um, and, and listen, you can appreciate that. One of the most maddening things um, about Dan Mullen was just like you spent more time on the phone with your travel agent than you did with a five-star quarterback or a five-star running back, um, and, and that was frustrating. So I think for me, people, Billy's Billy's built to work. Like he's just going to be a hard worker no matter what. Um, and I don't think I honestly think he won't see most of the stuff. Like when people are angry, I honestly think he won't even see that stuff um, and, and will ignore it if he does. 
And uh, last thing, besides for money, who's the key a... player uh, Billy needs to get into class and why? Besides Cormani, um, I would say Cormani, and, and that that I'll, uh, give me time to think while I say this. Um, I would say Cormani because Cormani was ready to commit to Dan Mullen's staff, like he I was ready to, to pull the trigger last year. So to me, it's like that's a, that would be like a condemnation of of what you're doing. If you had a guy who was ready to commit to the last staff, um, who wants to be a Gator from just down the road, his 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 coach right now, his position coach right now, um, was an All American <laughs> at, at your school. Um, so to me, Cormani is the one you have to land because there's all these other things. He wanted to be a Gator, almost pulled the trigger, still wants to be a Gator. Your team is better, or at least is is you can say is better. Um, and you have the best quarterback coach in the country, at, at, you know, on your squad. So. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so I'm not sure who I think would I would say is the one outside of him. I would have liked to have gotten, you know, I would have liked to have hit on um, a, a quarterback earlier. Um, I forget his name. He went to Clemson. Nick something. Yeah. I need to talk about uh, that, that's Alabama. One, at Alabama v- or Texas. I think he went I think to he's I talking think about, he uh, Viz, Viz, I can't say his name. Vizcano? Viz, yeah. Yeah. Vizani, Vizini. Is his girlfriend over there or something? Yeah, she might be, but listen, like or, there's a there's a transfer or, portal for regular students too. <laughs> <laughs> it's happened before. We're, 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 yeah. Equal, equal opportunity school. Oh man. Well, let's move on to talking about a few uh few team things. I've you know, obviously there's a lot going on right now. Wes, what what you want to ask Nick about the team? There was a lot of reactions to to Saturday's loss. Um mm-hmm. We we had our raw reactions. We let it all out. Uh, go listen to that podcast; is very very good. Um, but how did you did that deter your outlook on the season? Like maybe you had a projection eight and four, nine and three, ten and two, whatever that was before the season started. Did Saturday's loss, or maybe did week one? Because I didn't talk to you week one. Did week one's win against Utah change, or did Kentucky bring that back down to you know? How do you feel about those two games, and did they change anything for you as far as looking towards the season? I thought Florida was one and one uh, all off season. I just had them flipped. <laughs> I had I had the games. I had the games completely wrong. Um, so after the week one, I, all off season, I said Florida seven and four or seven and five, eight and four, and then they beat Utah. And I'm like, man, you're gonna look stupid. Like this team's gonna go ten and two, and you're gonna look like an idiot because you've been saying five losses all off season. So then they lose to Kentucky, and I'm like, okay, this is this is what I think Florida is, and I think they're gonna have growing pains, and I think they're gonna struggle. Um, I thought all I said all off season, I thought, oh, they're gonna call sixty forty run to pass because they have a good offensive line, they have a really good running back room, and you've got a quarterback who's six four two forty who can run twenty miles an hour. And then I thought last week, um, last week's defense looked a lot like Georgia's. There was a spy, um, at least one spy on Anthony Richardson the entire game. That one switched, so he might identify who that is pre-snap. And then as the play starts developing, it's not there anymore. I think Mark Stoops went and looked to see what Kirby and Georgia did. And that defense to me looked a lot like uh, it, the defense last year in Jacksonville. So there's blueprints out there. Uh, I think Florida's defense is not going to is going to struggle to cover. 
uh, tight ends, slants, crosses. That's a thing. Like, that's not new. I, I was saying that in the spring. I'm like, and it shouldn't surprise anyone. Like, the, the linebackers that are there have been here five years. And it, they didn't, <laughs> they, they, they haven't changed. You Some know, six. Um, six. Um, Ventro Miller, yeah. Ventro Miller might break a record. If you include interim coaches, I think he's on his sixth head coach. If you include interim coaches or fifth head coach. Wow. So that might be a trivia question at some point. Um, <laughs> but but then Florida on the defensive line, like the, Dan Mullen didn't leave the cupboard bare, but you, you don't have enough plates for like 10 people to come over for dinner. So you're going to get – you're going to start wearing down as, as the game goes on. Gervon Dexter's played over 120 snaps in two weeks. Um, you're just asking a lot of these guys. So Florida's going to be able to – are going to wear down and – you're going to be able to run the ball on them and, and the tight ends are going to be able to do this. And you need Anthony Richardson to be Anthony Richardson. I think a lot of what happened with him last week was, okay, here's Will Levis. This is a guy who I'm being compared to in terms of draft, not in terms of skill set, but in terms of draft, there's 15 NFL teams here. I'm going to show them that I can do what he does because there's nothing he can do to show them that he can do what I do. So I'm going to show them I can be a better passer than him. I'm going to beat him at his own game. And then I think as the game goes on, he starts losing confidence and he just wasn't able to shake his shake that out of his head and things start to snowball on him. So nothing that happened to me last week changed my perspective um, on Florida's team. I still think they're seven wins, eight wins. Um, Anthony Richardson is going to bounce back. Like you just need to let him be Anthony Richardson. 35 to six is not the pass to run ratio that Anthony Richardson should have at the University of Florida. Yeah, that was that was going to be my next question. I mean, you you've obviously been around the team a little bit. How, how do you think these guys bounce back? Not just this week, but going to Knoxville in two weeks. How yeah. do you think this team responds? And, and I wrote that after the game. I'm like, I'm not worried about you bouncing back against USF. Like, if you lose the USF, I, you know, people are going to put a for sale sign up in front of Billy's house. Like, but I'm not concerned about. Like, I won't get caught in the moment. I won't be a prisoner of the moment. If they beat USF 60 and nothing and they look great, it's like, cool. You, you should beat uh, USF like that. I'm worried. I'm worried or guess interested, concerned. Um, what do you look like on your first road trip um, at, at a place where everyone will probably pick Tennessee to beat you? Hendon Hooker looks great. The, uh, the Vols can score and um, the place will be sold out. They'll probably do that, you know, cream school, cherry, uh, cream school stripe around the stadium again. Yeah, they're doing the checkerboard end zones. Um, okay. <laughs> um, it, uh, so that to me will be interesting. How do you respond on the road? Because you have a whole new set. You can you can practice, you know, um, and Billy Napier and his staff did practice what a game day would be like during spring football. You know, they took the team to the hotel and bust them and did all these things. Um, I, Florida's spending money, but they're not going to, like, take a charter up on Wednesday of game week just so you can do, like, a dry run through and see Knoxville. So there's a lot of things that come with – um, taking a team on the road for the first time, and that's going to be a good team. So that's the game I want to see you respond. Um, you can beat USF 100 to nothing, and it's not going to change my opinion um, of what this team is. You got to beat the Kentuckys, you got to beat Georgia, and, and, and the teams in the SEC. You're not moving up any rankings for beating USF on Saturday. No, that that's more of a of a. This is a get right game. This is what the, this is what right, the doctor, a, a, doctor this is wrote this down. 
a scheduled joint yeah. practice, if you will, kind of, um, <laughs> you know, stay healthy. The, the, swamp is a C, the, the swamp is a CVS this week. So you got a prescription from the doctor and you're going to CVS and you, <laughs> you're going to get your medicine this week and you're going to feel better before you head up to Knoxville. But, but Nick, go. I talked about that. I, I didn't, I'll let you ask your question. I'm not asking the question, but I did talk about that. Like, I wish uh, Anthony Richardson had these these type of games, like the first, like how the season normally goes, like we had week one and two where you could play those type of teams, but just thrust them into two ranked teams with three out of four ranked teams in the beginning of the season is going to be hard on any quarterback. He's made three starts, all of them against top 20 teams. Crazy. <laughs> and, la- and last year, that was probably the best defense ever assembled in college football. That was yeah. just Dan Mullen being like, all right, I hear you guys, and I'm going to show you. It's like, no, 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 Dan, no, oh, yeah. not against defense then that first start yes start him but not against this team and dan was like no i'll show you why i'm the why i'm the smart one why i'm in this job of the hacker. You. play against play against georgia the hacker <laughs> um actually i'm glad you brought that game up and i hate i'll, I'll just ask it'll be blunt so is is ar is he meant to the week and it's just fair to ask that question based on and slash like a front runner because i mean the way i'm looking at it he had two games. Obviously, that Georgia game, you know, I understand it's, it's a historically great defense. However, when things went bad, it went real, real bad. Instead of like, all right, it's going to be ups and downs, I, which I understand if you have three picks, but it just straight up collapsed. That's the same thing that happened at the Kentucky game. At no point, I mean, I literally like lost hope midway through the second quarter. Like I would literally, I wanted to see the walk on in the third. And I hate to say oh, that, oh. but like I, I had no hope. Man. You need no, to go I mean, to CVS and get your medication too. Mike. No, I mean, and, you were patching <laughs> Anthony Richardson last Saturday. One hundred percent, at least for a quarter, at least for a drive. You're going to tell me you're, you're at the game that final drive. Did you have any? I wouldn't have bet a dollar. We were we would have done anything. I'll take the unknown. No, no, it's known. You're not. You're no, not I'll take the own unknown of the guy who's never passed the ball, then the guy who cannot complete a pass because he had the yips. You would have benched. You would have benched the walk on too. Uh, but guess what? I would have known he, he could. He couldn't have got it done. Right now, we didn't, and I, that's why I just want to ask that question. Is um, he just a front runner? Like when things go well, like the LSU game, the FSU game, he's throwing them balls. Boom, boom, boom. We're good. No, I think I think after talking to people, everything everything that Billy Napier has said is is kind of right about him, and he hasn't learned. He's never really had to face adversity on the football field before. Um, and and I think there's a bunch of other things going on. Anthony Richardson, despite you wanting to put the, the walk-on in, that Florida without Anthony Richardson is a five-win football team. <laughs> if that. I'm just at, Five okay. wins. Five, no, no, no. No, no, no. no. I, I under, I'm not. Anthony, I'm, but, but Anthony knows this. I understand. That. He, I'm just he knows I can't a, get right. A reliever. So I'm, 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 I'm explaining. I'm, there's no reliever. I'm, I'm explaining. So, so in his mind, I can't get hurt. The first time he drops back, someone rolls on his ankle. Ah, that doesn't feel good. So now that's in your mind. I can't get hurt. I almost got hurt in the first play. If I get hurt in this game, even our backup, who I am head and shoulders better than, he's not ready. And, and Mike's Mike's cousin, the walk on, is coming in to <laughs> to try to to try to lead us back. Um, so in his mind, so is he mentally weak? I, I, I don't know, but in his mind, he's letting all of these other things, these, these, uh, you know, outside things creep into his mind when you can't. So he's thinking about, I can't get hurt. 
So let, let's throw the ball a little bit more. I think he was thinking, I'm going to throw the ball better than Will Levis. I'm going to show these NFL scouts that I can do what he can do on top of being able to run the ball. I think that he's thinking, okay, well, I need to force this. And then that doesn't work. And I think he's letting one bad pass turn into two when you have to have uh, a baseball pitcher mentality, like a closer. And, hey, if I come into a two-run game and the first batter hits a, hits a, a home run, a solo home run, cool, we're still winning. So let me execute my next pitch. And I think yeah. he just let – a bunch of stuff that wasn't the game plan enter his head and then stuff that happened in the game. I think he let kind of snowball. So was he mentally weak in that moment? Yes. Is he mentally weak? I'm not anywhere close to saying a blanketly Anthony Richardson is mentally weak. I think he had a bad game and he let it get to him and, and that just led things to snowball. I don't think play calling assisted him on that matter at all. That's what, no, I don't think the play calling, I, I was unimpressed. Yeah, if worse, I'll leave it at this. I mean, he obviously wasn't on his A game. I think you, you know, go to like 70, 30, 65, 35, and, you know, run past, you know, help him out a little bit. And that, that definitely wasn't the case. Mm-hmm. Speaking of running the football, uh, my final question for you, Nick, is will Travis Etienne be Damian Pierce 2.0? Oh, no. Oh, no. <laughs> I know exactly <laughs> what you mean. I know exactly <laughs> what you mean. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, like he should be playing and not playing. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I um, I hope not. <laughs> I really hope he's not DP two point oh. Um, I I think I think he looks really good. Jeff Scott today, um, USF's head coach said he looks a lot like Tra- um, a lot like Travis did, a lot like his older brother did at Clemson, which national champion, ACC player of the year. That's a great con- great comparison. Um, I I hope not. I, I still I'm a big Naquan Wright fan. I do think he has looked. Uh, the least explosive and, and the least successful of the three running backs. So I get why people want to see more Montreal and I get why um, people want to see more Trevor, but I, I don't think so. I think you're going to continue seeing, if you look at their carry, like, I think Naquan leads and then Montreal and, and then ETN. I think that's what you're just going to get. You're going to continue getting those three. You'll get four this week. I think you'll see Lorenzo Lingard play, um, you know, especially later on in the game. But no, I hope we. I hope we're not seeing, and I don't think we'll get to a scenario where uh, they're both, you know, locked in some prison somewhere under the stadium, and, and you never see him touch the ball. I, I personally think maybe it's because of when you're running back, people just think you just have to run the ball, and to there's me, way it, more. Yeah, it may be more pass protection, and mm-hmm. Mike. Mike thing is about scheme. Mike thing is maybe that he's not a scheme fit for that zone blocking. I'm thinking that Kyle Kyle Shanahan runs very well. So I I'm and but to me I saw Naquan against um, Utah and he blew two blocks on pass protection. So I don't mm-hmm. know if it's that or what. So what do you think about Naquan and why he's not getting off? Why he's not seeming to, to be able to hit those cutbacks? To me, I think he's moving a little too fast. He's not letting the the, mm-hmm. the lanes open up when you when you have to be a patient running back in that type of scheme. So can you speak to that, Annie? Yeah, he, he's always been – and I've always thought he has been that, though, Wes. I always thought he had been patient um, in, in the past and, and even written and been like, yeah, he, he has really good vision and, and he'll wait for something to open. And, and uh, maybe he's just pressing um, early on because the way that these reps shake out, it almost kind of looks like last year. It's like, hey, you got the first drive, you get the second drive, you get the third, and then we bring the rotation back. Um Maybe you're you're pressing as an older player now. He's a redshirt sophomore, but I think this is his fourth year on campus. Um, 
So maybe you're pressing. It's like, hey, I'm only going to get the ball 12 times this game. I have to do something with these 12. Um, or I'm only going to get four drives this game. I have to end two of them in a touchdown. Um, he hasn't forgotten how to play football. I, I don't think I've seen some people being like, oh, he doesn't run the same because of his injuries. I think he looks the same to me. Um, I, I do think part of the scheme thing is Trevor Etienne looks great with the ball in his hands, but he's only been on campus since, since July. So there are some schemes and things that he'll be asked to do that are new to him that aren't new to – uh, Naquan Wright, who's been asked to do this for a while. And even Montreal Johnson, like he doesn't look young unless you see him without his helmet on. And he's like, he has, he doesn't even have to think about a razor. I don't think there's a single hair on his face his entire life. He looks young then, but there's also stuff where we all thought, Hey, he's going to come in right away and he's going to take the job because he played in it last year. Oh, well, he was 18 last year. He's only 19 this year. So he's still young as well. So I think uh, Naquan is, is, in terms of being the veteran, that's not just saying it. Like he's been in this for four years. He understands that, uh, that there are other responsibilities just in someone putting the ball in your chest and making somebody miss. But I do think he has been outperformed by the, by the two younger guys. Nick, let me ask you this real quick. Cause I've, I've been part of several conversations over this, over the last 48 hours. Why can't Lorenzo Lingard see the field? I don't know. I, and, and, and here's the thing. So like no one has, and I've told my friends this um, who are Michigan fans, they're like, Oh, so-and-so is getting great spring reviews. I'm like, you're not going to read bad stories about players in the spring. <laughs> like nobody's having a bad spring. Um, I, I, I don't know why he can't. Cause every time we've seen him, he looks good. Um, the staff gave, and I get why the staff was high on him. Um, Cause the guy is a workout warrior. Um, so the staff comes in, gives everyone a clean slate, and then they see Lorenzo working out with Mark Hockey, and they're like, this kid is going to be special. And then once you start handing the ball off, I, I don't think he's very good in the other areas without you know holding on to the football. I don't think he's very good in pass protection. Um, I think he's okay catching the ball, but he's probably your third or fourth best receiver um, as a running back. Um so I think that's I think that's what it is is that there's more to just you know more to running back than just running the ball. If you're if you're only handing him the ball, he's big, he's physical, he's fast, he'll make people miss. Um, but then you know when do you have him on the field? Only when you're handing the ball off to him, and then you become predictable with that. You can't have him on the field. I think his his skill set keeps him off of keeps him out of certain packages, and then. When when his skill set gets you into it, and you're in a situation where his skill set could be all right. Well, the other guys have also earned it, and they're going to get the, the carries before him. Can he cover tight ends? <laughs> I don't think so. I don't think so. <laughs> People want to know. <laughs> well, well, I think I think we're going to find out because I, I don't think that uh, Ventral Miller will be available this week, okay. um, and I don't I don't know if he'll be available next week. Um, so we're going to find out if if Scooby. Um, and if Shamar can, can cover tight ends, because I think you're going to see a lot of those two um, playing next to Mario Bernie this year or this do you, week. Do you have a Tarquin update? Or is, are, we wait, are we waiting on the press conference? We're waiting on the press conference tomorrow um, yeah. for, for Tarquin. Thank you. Real quick before we get you out of here, through two games, obviously, who's who's been the best player on the team not named Jeremy Crawshaw? Ah, uh, you caught me. I was going to go Crawshaw. That's my guy. That's my guy. Um, well, well, that's why he's the host. 
Yeah. Do, yeah. Do both both sides of the ball. Do both. Yeah. Sides give of us the ball. one offense, one defense, just so the people hear you hear an opinion. Okay. Um, I think my my player on defense. Um, I'm going to give it to. I thought he played. Uh, it's between Gervon Dexter and, and Brenton Cox for me, uh, and I still think Brenton Cox. I'll go with Dexter first, just because of the sheer amount that he's played. Um, and, and I don't think it's dipped a little bit. Like people ask me after week one, they're like, "Hey, he's getting blown off the ball in the fourth quarter." I'm like, "Yeah, that's his 60th snap. They're going to get him doubled and tripled the whole game." They're gonna, they're gonna, <laughs> if, if they if they don't find snaps to take away from, they're going to get him hurt. There, there's there's who you going to give him to? Sap, boom, move him inside. Sap, I don't know. Sap, I, there's I don't know. there's so little depth on the defensive line. I'm aware. Sap has has lined up at nose. Tyreek Sap played snaps against Utah at nose. He weighs 260 pounds. Do you, I mean, honest question. Do you think? I mean, obviously, you're not going to get all SEC production out of him unless we're you know we're getting off the field. And I know not every team's like Utah, but uh, he's got to he may get if it's getting rolled up on. Like I don't hope, but like. You're playing D line. You should not have that many snaps. No, but he is. So that's why I give it to him. Last why I give it to him. Brenton Cox, shout out to him though. He literally threw a grown man into a quarterback. (laughs) He doesn't get. He doesn't get a sack for it. Trey Dean, I think, and 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 somebody else got half sacks each. And I'm like, no, (laughs) give give that to the guy who was. It was Dexter. Dexter got the half a sack. Yeah. Give the sack to the guy who picked up a grown man and threw him into the quarterback. That's who earned the sack. Um, so Brenton Cox is playing better. Um, on offense, I, it, it's Anthony Richardson. And, and that's – Anthony Richardson is – it doesn't matter that he had a bad week too. Um, Anthony Richardson is going to give Florida a chance to win every time he's on the field on Saturday. And Anthony Richardson, the team will be as good as he is. And he was really bad against Kentucky, so they lost. He was really good against Utah, and they win. Um, this team is going to ride and go up and down with Anthony Richardson for the entire season. It is what it is. I mean, people people are just going to have to accept it one way or another. I mean, there's going to be growing pains. Everybody everybody should realize that if they don't, they they just haven't watched a whole lot of football. I mean, anytime you have a a scheme fit, a coaching change, a quarterback that had two, you know, that had one career start. I mean, it's just, yeah, which is a setup. That was a setup, and it was. He it was. He didn't even and get all the uh, reps that uh, week, right? They split reps. No, no, that whole thing. I mean, was it's a just that, that. It's that a recipe for, for. It's a recipe for bad things for for games like Saturday to happen. Mm-hmm. Now, granted, um, you know, we know Coach took responsibility. We know he took ownership of it. But we, you know, we all just want to see something done about it. I mean, you know, we want to see different play calling. We want to see, you know, some changes, obviously. But we'll know real fast. We'll know real quick, you know, what he can and can't do with with the roster he has. I have a, Nick, I have one question. Yeah, go ahead, Nick. Mike, what is the walk-on quarterback that you want to play? What's his name? Is it, is it Kenley or something? <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. I just... starts, with a, starts with a K. <laughs> Um, I, well, I, I did say, Hey, to my, to my credit, you know, I do Mike to my credit. No, hold on. To my, I, I did message this to Wes and he was in our group chat. I put, I saw a picture of him. I put QB one. So, um, I was joking, obviously. No, it was just, honestly, even if you bring him out, I, I, if you just bring him out for a court, a, a drive, 
that was a question we posed. That was a question. Bring we him out for a drive. He needed to be reset because his head wasn't there. If you want to put him back after a drive and just concede one, like we concede, we did concede a drive because we had two timeouts and punted the ball. Oh, so that just shows you have no confidence. So nothing I mean, I'm just looking ball. for consistency, and I was I'm living up at the the second the lack of second half adjustments. You know, you just we're not running the ball. I mean, it is what it is. But like I said, you can cater a drive to you know very safe throws. Um, you know, just running the ball, and they can't. Will Levis is not good at football, so they're not going to score a touchdown. So I mean, I'll continue to say this, and you know, I'm not. You know, he eats mayonnaise out of you know in his coffee, so I'm not. I'm not shocked at all. But it's just, <laughs> I just. It's not bad to take him out and put him back in. If that, and um, people are like, oh, it's confidence. If that rocks your confidence, I don't want you to play quarterback. You want the guy, the other guy. Uh, What's his name? Let's go, Kenley. I, I like that. <laughs> about right. Hey, say say with your chest out. But the bottom line, everyone knows you. The, the spotlight is on. Okay, so if you can't handle mm-hmm. a little benching. To get you know, not even a bench, but to take getting taken out happens to everybody. I you're not going to make it. So at least we know now. Gator fans live through Spurrier and once again, quarterback like he changed underwear. So yeah. <laughs> absolutely. So I mean, and that's why I wanted. I thought I, the question has to be raised. I'm not. I'm, I'll, I'll be transparent. Is he mentally weak? I hope I'm wrong, but you can't just say blind him blind faith like Wes has. He'll prove it one way or another. We're going to prove it going forward. We're going to see what he's made of. And and you have I blind faith in the backup quarterback that nobody knows no. know his name. Kyle, <laughs> first of all, I'm going to I'm going to put some respect on Kyle Ingles' name. First of all, if you take if you take Kyle <laughs> and Ingles, that, that combination oh is he an STA alum? Oh STA alum. Oh, that's not that's not fair. He's an STA. Listen, I've been to games. You know, come on, support the team. Yeah. <laughs> so, like, listen, like I said, you just if you were the coach, him. you wouldn't even have known what to call the guy to go into the game. You, you, thirteen, grab your hey, helmet. Hey, yeah. <laughs> I'd be like Bobby Brown like, uh, in his in his final days. Like oh, uh, twenty two. No, like any given Sunday too. with Al Pacino yeah. and uh, Jamie Fox. Come here, son, and talk to yeah. him and get him in the game. Yeah. That's, who you, that's, that's what you're going to be like. What's his name? You don't even know the guy's name, man. Hey, that's man. how you're going hey, I know I need a <laughs> All reset. All that matters man. is the playbook. Yeah. yeah. True. I'm Nick, man, we really appreciate you coming on, man, and, and just chatting it up with us and all the information you brought to the table, man. It was great having you on. I appreciate it, guys. It was a lot of fun. Appreciate all right, it, man. man. We'll, appreciate you. Hopefully man. We'll, have, we we'll have you back soon, and we'll have some better stuff to talk about. This was big for me, man. This was big for me. Appreciate you, man. Why did I know no, Nick was come at me with that question? <laughs> bro, oh, I, man. Your eyes, your eyes were moving. I thought you were looking it up, so I was trying to get it in quick. Impossible. <laughs> <laughs> hey, man, I'll say I'll, I guess, say, say with confidence, man. Kind of like I did with the punter. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That was a step, Hirsch. You know, that was a step. You know who my MVP is every year. <laughs> I know. You know, I had to make you think. Ah. Yeah. Nick, appreciate you so much, man. We'll have you back soon. Awesome, guys. Thanks for having me on. Yes, sir. Y'all go make sure y'all check out Nick on OWN3 and um, Stadium and Gale every week. We'll, we'll talk to you soon, brother. 
You should have said, who's your favorite player born in the continental United States? Oh, my Lord. All right, guys. Well, now we're just going to get on with the regular show and do it like we every, we do every week. we got a game coming up to talk about and, um, and a few uh, recruiting notes. So we're going to go ahead and jump right into it. Wes is going to do it like he does every week and give us the kind of a Friday night breakdown of who did what, Wes. Yeah, yeah, appreciate it, Hirsch. Yeah, guys, we have the uh, we're going. This is Friday Night Lights. Uh, our committed guys and some guys that are not committed at this time that are targets. Um, we have Eugene Wilson first. Uh, he had a 70, 70 yard catch and run in the first half of his game. Uh, he also in the second half he had another fifty five yard TD catch, uh, and he played some defensive back uh, as well in the game. Coach Chaos was out there seeing him play. Also, another Gator target, Dijon Johnson, was on the other side uh, against Eugene. So chaos got to go and, and watch both of those guys play. We, there was a rumor circling around uh, that somebody uh, said that uh, Eugene Wilson got injured during the game. I there, have there, not been. Yeah, there's no, I'm sorry, Wes, I didn't mean to cut you off on that. We've, we've searched on that all day guys, and there is no yeah. verification on what, what's going on. I thought, I, thought I saw an X-ray somewhere. Nah, that was. Yeah, I, something that, else? I, yeah, I, I think that would. I don't think that was real. That's why I okay. said I, everything I tried to find. Um, when, so we'll, when I think we'll go ahead and assume at this point that Eugene is fine until we hear any yeah. different. And if we if if we hear All different, right. we'll let you know. Yeah. Um, going on our linebacker commit, uh, Jaden Robinson. He had a 85 yard scooping score. Um, in his game, Treon Webb continues to score touchdowns every week. He got his sixth touchdown of the year. Um, Aiden Mizell, uh, one of our key guys, guy that we, we kind of monitor to see if he, how far he can shoot up the rankings. He's kind of still out right now with that, with that injury. Uh, so hopefully he can be back this Friday. Uh, if so, I'll be able to, I'll update that to let you guys know how he's doing. He's one of our highly rated guys that we think can jump up. So I will be tracking him. Uh, as far as some targets go, Caden McDonald, uh, he had a def- defensive lineman's dream. He was able to go in the backfield on the goal line and get a, a score. Uh, in his high school game, and Cedric Baxter had the, probably the highlight of Friday night across the country. Um, if you haven't seen that, you need to go look that up. Look that hit up on YouTube. Uh, uh, I don't know where it might be on YouTube, Twitter, wherever you get your information from. Look, I think I put it on our page. Matter of fact, our Facebook page. Check our Facebook page. I respect that decision. I don't know why I'm plugging other places. Check us out on uh, respect that decision Facebook, and it'd be there. I put it up there on Friday Ricky night when moves. I saw it. Yeah, man. I don't know what I was thinking about. My bad, Mike. But yeah, also, it's on. also on our Friday night uh, thread on Twitter. Yeah, yeah guys, so it's there as well. under the lights. Yeah, guys, make sure um, every Friday night we try to run a thread called Under the Lights, where we try to string all the information that we find about our commits and. And, and high potential targets under one thread so y'all can find that and make sure y'all follow you y'all can keep up with this you know if if you're interested in that kind of thing so make sure you're following our twitter at respect dcn and every friday night that thread will start somewhere around 7 30 8 o'clock um we run that all night long and and add to it so y'all just make sure y'all are following for that if you want to see highlights and and information about our commitments Yep, but that's well, it. That uh, like I said, yep. my bad. Ahead, yeah, I was saying, that was it as far as uh, the recruiting updates from Friday night. Uh, you can take it away. Yeah, we're just going to hit on a few more recruiting updates as far as um, 
guys, we're still chasing out there and, and the visits that we had this last weekend. Um, one, one big name that just continues to circulate, John Walker, uh, defensive tackle co- currently committed to UCF, um, visited for the second straight weekend, continues to have really, really good things to say about UF and the staff and how they're recruiting him. Um, of note today, a report came out from Chad Simmons on OM3 that um, Miami keeps trying to get back into the game with him as well, but he said, no, thank you, not interested. He's only focused on UCF and Florida, and that's the only two, and then went ahead to say that he might be taking another visit to Florida this weekend for USF. Um, I think ever even since that article, that's that visit's been confirmed. So, if the man makes it three weekends in a row, guys, we're squarely in the game. There, you can't, you know, the old saying is follow the visits. And if he keeps visiting your school, then then you're <laughs> you're in really good shape. Unless it's um, Tim Smith. What's that? Unless it's unless it's Tim Smith. Yes, unless it's Tim Smith, which um friend of the show, Steven Rodriguez, tried to troll today saying that John Walker was going to be Tim Smith 2.0. Shout out to you, Steven. Um, <laughs> yeah, he's um, truly the Antichrist. He is. Um, Keon Keeley, of course, everyone knows, visited this last weekend. Five-star recruit out of Tampa, five-star defensive lineman. Um, probably 1B left on the board behind Cormani McLean obviously, as far as targets would go. Uh, Keon doesn't do a whole lot of interviews, doesn't say a whole lot, doesn't do social media, things like that. He's a very quiet kid. Um, But sources I talked to today, some guys that that do things behind the scenes, um, off the record, kind of said, Bama doesn't have the lead everyone thinks they have, Um, that we are squarely in the mix on this. Things were presented to Keon on his visit that let him know that we, you know, how interested we were. So, um, if you don't think, if you just think this is another case of Bama just gonna just burn us at the end, right now we're squarely in the mix. So, guys, just just let's watch and see what happens. He's still got that official visit to take and might make another visit besides that. Um, everybody's favorite 2024 quarterback, DJ Lagway, of course, was in the swamp this weekend and, um, was just blown away by the atmosphere, blown away by the way that the fan reaction that he got and the signs that were put up around campus for him. Um, to say that he felt the love was, was very, very, um, understated. The same source I talked to about Keon was very quick to say that this thing with DJ Lagway is in really good shape. Um, it's it's one of those things that could be done sooner than later. Let's let's keep our fingers crossed on that one and hope that DJ sees the need that we have for him at quarterback and we can get him committed to keep the ball rolling on the 2024 class. Big time defensive lineman Jordan Hall was also in the swamp for the game against Kentucky. And um, Jordan Hall is also one you haven't heard a whole lot about, you know, out there. He's down to us and probably UGA. A lot of people think UGA is the favorite here, but he was he was very impressed. He was very impressed with the way that <clears throat> Billy and the Army have changed the culture around the program. 
he was impressed that despite there being so many people um around you know in the in the in the offices and everything that they all knew his name everybody knew his name said hello to him and 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 Jordan is a real big people person and that was very impressive to him so the culture that Billy's creating is is hitting these kids on all fronts and um per Chad Simmons on three again he might take another visit this weekend as well so that's something to look out for um and a quick note that just came on the timeline that I'm uh, just kind of rolling out here, don't have any other information on. Bryce Thornton visited this last weekend and announced tonight he will be committing on October 13th. So we'll see where that goes as far as I haven't heard a whole lot about his visit and, and what he thought. I'm sure he enjoyed it, but we'll get some more information on that going forward and we'll see what happens. Um. You know, I've seen a lot of people talking over the last few days thinking that, you know, this loss would, would, would be a detriment to recruiting. And I just want to reiterate, guys, it's year one. Um, losses aren't as big a factor in year one as you may think they are. Improvement and and showing the kids that, like we said, about culture change and things like that matter as much as anything. These kids want to want to feel like they're wanted by the staff. They want to hear how they're going to be used by the staff. They like to see that we have so many young kids on the field and they're going to have opportunities when they hit campus. Not just some not just being told they're going to get an opportunity, but the but you know, prove it. And you see kids like Kamari and Shamar James and Scooby, you know, and all these young guys on the field, uh NTN does nothing but show that if you come here and work hard, you can be on the field year one. Guys, what are your thoughts on that as far as wins and losses in year one? Um, Mike, well, I know we, you we kind of, yeah, no, we kind of – I've had this conversation probably. Um, my buddy called me a million times. He still doesn't agree with me. But either way, it's a bump class. You don't have to win in your bump class. Look, look, it's throughout this. I mean, obviously, you know, recruiting evolves, but it, it's not your kids. All you have to do is look competent and don't be Willie Taggart. It's that simple. <laughs> if you just have a competent program, I don't care if you win five games, it's they're not your kids. It's, and that's all, that's all the pitch you need. So if you do what Hurst said, you know, you show you're committed, you know, you know, you're, you're, uh, playing the right players, and I mean, let's not mention our facilities now. I mean, it's like let's be realistic. If, even let's just say we, we only win six, seven games. If you had a competent product, you lose tough games like we did with Kentucky. It's still a competent product. We we faced three out of four uh, top uh, top twenty teams. Like that's the hardest schedule in the country so far. You know, so I mean, kids realize that they're not dumb. So it's just, once again, it's all about perspective, and it's a bump class. So it's, it's use historical data, and it's don't look like it, it's, it's irrelevant. I know it's been said a lot the last, you know, 48 hours, but once again, you just got to go back to it. Kirby Smart came in probably with a more talented roster at Georgia, you know, than, than Billy walked into and lost to Vanderbilt in his first year and, and lost five games. I mean, it happens. Nick Saban walked into Alabama, lost to Louisiana Monroe in his first year. Losses happen in your first year, guys. I mean, they just do. 
it doesn't slow it doesn't change who you are who these recruiters are as recruiters recruiters recruit and that that will be shown that that product will be shown Wes, you got anything you want to add to this you're muted, you're muted. and i think i think they had like a top two three class with like julio jones that next cycle if i yes. remember correctly yeah, I, you know, just echo what you guys just said about Saban and Kirby. Their first years, I think they both, if I'm not mistaken, might have been 75, some other in that range. Um, it, it it won't affect the class. Like Mike said, if you put a competent, uh, a, a competent uh, team on the field and, and, the, and the, 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 see that you know what you're doing, and a lot of these guys are scheme-fixed, like uh, we were just talking about with Nick, you got a lot of wet puzzle pieces that you can't even – uh, put in there right to finish complete your puzzle. I mean, that just is, is what it is. so. And and the recruits are not stupid. They know what's going on. They know some of these guys are aren't your, not a lot of these guys aren't your guys. So that's that's why I don't agree with that three year rule because the three year rule puts um, puts your guys at almost like sophomores and junior. You still have the other guys guys as your upperclassmen. That's how you win with upperclassmen. You don't usually win with. You might have one special freshman or sophomore, C. Stingley and Jamar Chase with LSU a couple years ago, but a lot of your guys or most of your guys are going to be upperclassmen. So that's how I feel about that. Um, hopefully uh, we can continue to trend in the right way. As things have said, like personally, as you went over your, your updates, everything continues to seems like it's going in the right direction. So I still uh, have faith in that. Not yeah, blind. I mean, <laughs> So moving on, guys. And the defense is playing. Go ahead. Yeah. And and keep in mind, guys, that a lot of these kids that are coming talked at least maybe once or twice with the previous staff. So they they see the improvement in what was here before Mm -hmm. versus what's here now. So that alone is encouraged about it. So yes, I mean that alone is probably encouraging to them. They they like you hear these kids talking about the the culture change and and that's what they're seeing just in the way that their families are treated and they're treated when they arrive on campus versus before when they probably didn't even get more than a handshake if that so um moving on guys as of this recording we don't have uh much of a visitor list lined out for next weekend we know like we said john walker might be in attendance um probably going to be jordan hall might be back and I would assume that the the rest of the committed kids like Webb and the and the gang will be back on campus because the, these kids are bought in and they just love to be part of this atmosphere. So make sure to follow us on Twitter. Like I said before, we'll you know as kids announce they're going to be in town, I, we try to keep you updated on who's coming and who's not and what kind of rumors are out there. Um, we're always going to keep that free-flowing as we hear it. We try to put it out there for y'all. So that being said, guys, we're going to move on to a little football. It's football week. It's USF week. Um, as you know, new recruiting – I knew. Uh, sorry. The new rankings are out, and Florida fell to 18th in the rankings. Not not terrible. I'll take it, and I think yeah. – I mean, Probably where a, we should have been before the game. <laughs> here's a quick question. Nope. A blind, te- a blind question. If you uh, – um, if you were to go before the season, hey, after week two, you're you're 18 in the country. Would you take it? I would. Absolutely. So. Absolutely, because like I would. I think we all expected to lose one game within that top that first two. 
West doesn't because West West expects twelve. West <laughs> no, expects no twelve comment. and under. I mean, yeah. West West thinks we should have been ranked number eight in the country. West would, <laughs> West, would, West, would, <laughs> West would pick the band over the LSU team. I mean, but if y'all if y'all did we as bad as AR played, we we really kind of lost. We lost by ten, but I mean. That that's neither here nor there. As bad as he played, we said we before. We said team. before the season. Yeah, we're talking about. Would you have taken it going? You know, before we knew, we saw the Utah game. Would you have taken being ranked 18th, one and one, right now? But you know, that's not a question for me anyway. I felt like we should have been All ranked. It's a very <laughs> simple got, question, but okay. Wes yeah. is the is the. If y'all came here for the sunshine pump and Wes is no, your no, guy. no, I don't do that. I'm not going to do that. Uh, either. Okay. <laughs> All right. Well, guys, we're going to get on to USF. And as always, Mike's going to give us a good breakdown of what USF brings to the table. Mike? Yeah, since USF is such a powerhouse, you know, there's, you know, I'll keep it it's nice and short for you guys to the point. So just quickly at a glance. Now, Jeff Scott, the former um, assistant over at Clemson, he's actually entering his third season as the head coach over there, taking over for Charlie Strong when he did that program. It is uh, what Charlie Strong did. It's truly a war crime. Uh, currently, uh, Jeff Scott currently has a record of four and fourteen. Uh, la- record of last year was a two and ten, but he did improve. Um, uh, some off seasons of war. They, they're not the best team, but they are um, overall. They do have some uh, some talent on offense. You know, some off season awards that they had from being all AAC is going to be uh, at running back Jaron Mangham. For second team, wide receiver Xavier Weaver, second team, O-lineman Demetrius Harris, second team, O-lineman Donovan Jennings, second team, O-lineman Brad Cecil, third team, O-lineman Jalen Thomas, third team. Defense, linebacker Antonio Greer, first team, and uh, kick specialist, uh, kick returner uh, Brian Petit, first team. And some of the impact players, just to highlight, very um, it's going to be Antonio Greer, probably their best player. Um, uh, well, at least on defense, he's a very athletic linebacker and easily one of the best in the conference. Has the ability to quickly close on a receiver in the middle of the field. His uh, good acceleration, explosiveness make him uh, such a special talent. That last year he racked up uh, 85 total tackles, 46 solo, three sacks, one forced fumble, and two picks. His most impressive game last season was against the number five team in the country, Cincinnati. Uh, in this game, he actually racked up 14 total tackles, in which 13 were solo. And as we can see, especially with the NFL draft. That team actually was truly impressive. So, and another one is my personal favorite. Uh, it's back-to-back uh, impact kick, uh, players being kickers. Uh, their kicker, I think he was uh, going to be an honorable mention. Actually, all AAC. Uh, he's uh, one of the more impressive kickers in the country. He's a Washington. Uh, he um, he attempted 13 field goals and he made 11 of them, only missing from 40 yards or longer. He also attempted a total of 35 field goals and made all of them. So um, he's definitely a, a, a player to look out for. Now, just for the season outlook overall. Now, they're picked ninth out of 11. They are finishing um, ahead of uh, uh, Navy and Temple. Uh, they have an incoming transfer from Baylor. Uh, he, his name's got to be Jerry uh, Bohannon. He started 12 games for the Big 12 champs last year, throwing for 2,200 yards and 18 touchdowns. Now, they only played two games on a season like us. Now, the first game, actually, versus who's currently ranked, um, uh, what's it against BYU, who is now ranked 12th after uh, beating number nine Baylor last week. 
Uh, they lost that game 21-50. to uh, the, the score was actually 28 nothing in the first quarter, so it was definitely a, a bit of a blowout there. But Xavier Weaver, uh, the receiver, had five receptions, 113 yards, uh, for an average of 22.6 yards. Makai Polite, he led the team in total tackles, and he had one interception. Now for kick returning, one of the strengths, it's going to be Brian Petit again, seven receptions. Uh, Seven returns for 150 yards, 21.4 average. And Jimmy Horn Jr. actually had a touchdown for return, one return for 89 yards. Then moving on to week two, uh, they actually got a, a strong win over Howard, 42-20. to uh, 20. Uh, Running back Brian Batee rushed for 105 yards on seven carries. Wide receiver Xavier Weaver had seven receptions for 57 yards, and the defense showed out. They had three sacks with a pick. Now, some of the takeaways from uh, the season so far, they have playmakers at both wide receiver and running back. Uh, overall, it's going to be a strong strong, group, strong special teams group, most notably their kicker and kick returner. Now, with um, the strengths of the, the team, I would like to pass it over to Hirsch. Yeah, they're, you know, like Mike mentioned, they, they've got good playmakers at running back, a decent offensive line, a, a great kicker. <laughs> um, be, be nice. I mean, we're, you know. They have multiple. Them hey, their old line, they have multiple all-conference kids, huh? Yeah. I mean, you know, their defense is very athletic and, and will, you know, force turnovers. So you have to protect the ball. Playmakers at wide receiver, we're going to get to see, you know, guys are going to have to play in a little coverage this week. Get, get some good reps and coverage, which is actually, I think, really good going into the Tennessee game because obviously coverage is going to be just an absolute must as when we go to Knoxville and, and, you know, kick return game. So you need to get, you need to be on point with your special teams. So you need to be, you know, good tackle, good fundamentals, stay in your lanes, things like that. I mean, do you, I would treat it like, I'd honestly treat it like Kentucky and wouldn't let them touch the ball. Absolutely. And, I mean, you know, if we were really true, very with our kickoff unit so far. No, that's, absolutely. That's and I really I, do. I mean, we've been a lot of uh, – we actually ended up kicking it out of bounds, but we had a scare against Utah as well with that. Um, luckily, he's only on a 35, was on a 40, but still not ideal. But um, also, if, if it takes, you know, bracketing Weaver, you know, you, you shut down Weaver, you know, you can it's, – it's pretty much your offense. I mean, obviously, absolutely. besides the team. But then, you know, you figure that Marshall or probably – like, you know, we haven't – I don't think we say Jason Marshall's name any, which is, which how, is you good. Want your, which you, how you want your number one corner to be. You don't ever want to say his name unless it's an interception. Yeah. <laughs> um, that being said, we're going to, you know, talking about their weaknesses. I mean, <laughs> it's USF, guys. It, they're not going to have K- Kentucky talent. They're not going to have Utah talent. This this needs to be a, a – Statement a well-organized game. scrimmage. <laughs> it needs to be a statement game with no mistakes. Yes. I, I can understand maybe fine-tuning some things. Maybe I don't know how vanilla you want to keep it. Um, I mean, it, it just you – should, You should be able to keep it vanilla and still dominate. That's, well, you that's, should, but – but. I, <laughs> I think this I is where this, a, a lot some of the kids, need, especially AR, needs to get the confidence back. How you do Absolutely. that, and that's a, that's going to be up to the game plan. If, if the coaches actually want to have an uh, offensive game plan that utilizes their talent and decides to run the ball, but uh, once again, that's not here nor there because I have. With this being said, I have to you know 
I don't have full trust in that, unfortunately. At this point, though, that's that's something I was about to say is I don't know if they can do anything but vanilla. I, I, I have to be proven differently before I see – I have to see some more complex play calling and change, you know. Vanilla should be a blowout in the first half is the point. Absolutely. We, we have the running the game. Uh, we should pound them at the line of scrimmage. You shouldn't even have to throw that much. I know we will because he needs to get the reps. Yeah, he needs live reps against an, uh, opponents yeah, other not, than what not he's his, seeing, right? Not the same guys every yeah. that he sees. You know, yeah, not not, not, not to get into too, Florida too much yet, though. Yeah, absolutely. So, but speaking of that, now we're going to move on to Florida, guys. Um, as always, you know, we don't. We don't dwell on the last week's game very much. We, we we turn the page after we do our raw reaction episode. Please make sure y'all go check that out. Uh, you, if you haven't heard it yet, you missed a legendary rant by Mike. Um, <laughs> it, it was it was quite uh, loud and uh, powerful, and a lot of people said it was exactly what they needed to hear the day after a hard hard loss like that we kudos to all of y'all that that reached out and said man that was great y'all 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 said everything that was exactly how i felt um you know that's what we try to do you know at the end of the day it's just we're, we're fans just like y'all we have some of the same feelings we just try to 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 dig into it a little deeper um you know <laughs> but um you know, we're going to talk for a second about the areas we need to improve on going forward as far as, you know, just what we need to do in this game, obviously to win the game, but not just to win the game, but to be ready to move forward to the week after that. And um, starting with that, I mean, obviously it starts at number one, AR. AR has to improve. I mean, and, and we just mentioned it. Passing needs to improve. We've got to get some reps against, like Wes said, Live competition, and, and he's got to to. I uh, hopefully he did a lot of film work this week and saw some of what he missed because I know everyone's had chances to see various breakdowns out there, and you know there's lots of good ones out there. I'm not gonna plug one or the other. You guys go look, listen to whoever you like to listen to. Um, but plays were there. Plays were there. There were guys. Receivers were open. Receivers were open. Don't blame the receivers in separation when the receivers were there. There was a lot of talk, I know, Sunday about, oh, well, we don't have playmakers at wide receiver. That might be so to an extent, but the receivers were open. Justin well, and, Shorter was open, running down the seam. Uh, you just, you know. And But I'd like to say this for the 10th t- time and just, like, our receivers, are they great? No. Are they bad? No. They're, they're serviceable. They're slightly above average. So if you think they're, we have bad receivers just because we don't have a, a, a game breaker, you know, someone to truly take the top off, you're wrong. Okay. Our receivers are definitely more than competent and can win its ball games. Okay. Just once again, the ball has to be delivered. So just because they're not the greatest, not probably not going to have an all SEC guy. Maybe not even drafted. That's okay. Wes, you got anything you want to add on this? No, I mean, I, I like our receivers. I think they, they're serviceable. I think they're uh, above average. Doesn't mean you have to be uh, an NFL draft pick to be uh, right. a great, a, a good or a, a good college player. You know, to me, they're big. 
that that are different with Ricky in the in the slot. To me, he's he's. I mean, you could. I think he could. I don't want. I don't want to say he can start anywhere in the country, but he can start for a lot of top twenty five teams. He's that good to me, and I, you see the burst with him, and he has good hands. So I, I don't see what the for people to get on him. The scheme, just because sometimes a coach's scheme can scheme you open, and I think that's what you guys are talking about. They may you may well they can't get separation. Shorty can't get separation, and uh, Hendo can't get separation. Ricky can't get separation. Where sometimes coaches can scheme you open, and that's what we saw Saturday. They got schemed open, and AR just didn't hit the, hit the guys when they were open. And that's, once again, that's experiencing games and watching film. I have no doubt that they sat down and watched that film, got 15 plays into it, and realized that we had left 14 or more points easily on the board. Easily. Um, And some of it's just him trying too hard. We talked back about the quarterback draw that they ran and – the uh, Tarquin not get not Tarquin garage missing the block, but even more so was AR not using his physical ability of being 230 plus pounds and six, four. He tried to cut on, on the spy instead of just running straight forward when he needed four to five yards. And he's already three yards into the play. And then he tried to cut and then got stopped instead of just running through the guy stretching out and getting the first down. And that's just overthinking it. That's just him not trusting in his athletic ability. Billy, might, just, even, Billy mm-hmm. might even – Billy might go for it if you make it fourth and one instead of fourth and three. Oh, I have no doubt with that play call that you know that's probably yeah. what you were going to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the main thing with AR is confidence. I need to see if he has it. You know, I don't care. I mean, how plain – how what a play calling you have? You can't hit a slant or come back like it's, you know. It's, oh, if he comes back in the know. first quarter of this game and is missing the same exact passes, the same exact way, yeah. there's an issue. Because he wasn't missing difficult throws, so that's what's no. that's the thing. Yeah, running guys on, on it on wasn't a complex slant. scheme. Yeah. No, like he was missing simple throws. And that's why, you know, I'm not trying, you know, I'm hoping the best for the kid, but that's why I was like, no, I want to see something else. I don't care who yeah. it was. Let me, let me ask you guys this question. I haven't looked at it. You guys, how's his mechanics? Because he, to me, he's missing high. So is that a mechanics thing or is that? I think that's a, overamped. I think that's just geared up throwing that ball so hard. He's just got no to touch. work on his. He's got to work on his touch because yeah, not only is he missing, good. not only is he missing high, but a lot of times he's missing behind. Okay, and that's more of it. He's just firing to a line instead of firing to the where the receiver is going to be. Um, you know, like I said, I'm not going to sit here and plug a whole lot of breakdowns, but there's a lot out there that if you just go watch, you'll see. And most all of them pointed out he's just he's just overamped, like he's okay. just trying to just zip it, you know. And and we all have our thought processes on should he throw every ball 100 miles an hour. Some throws are made for that. Some throws aren't. Um, a guy running open down the seam with with a step on the on the safety, you don't have to throw it 100 miles an hour. You have to lead that man out in front, and that's the kind of pass I would like to see out of him. Is more of a lead and not just everything being on a rope. Yeah, you know, and that's what NFL guys are going to want to see too. They're going to want to see can you place a ball into a hole. It doesn't have to be a 12-yard curl and you hit the man right in the numbers with a 100-mile-an-hour fastball, but can you throw that lead pass with touch? 
that the guy can just run under and catch and keep running. And and so far we haven't seen that. And that's what I'd really like to see some more of. Um, something else we all agree on we'd like to see different this week is is offensive play call. We'd like to see some different, you know, some better play calling, some run to set up the pass, you know. Um, and if something's not working, you got to adjust, man. You got to change it up. If it's not working, don't don't just keep running it hoping to get the kid. I mean, you can say well, you keep doing it, try to get the kids' confidence back, but do you cost your team in the in the end because of that? Is that, is that a question to both of you? Is better play calling the right vocabulary for that? Because I'm the reason I'm asking you guys that because we just said people were open. So is is it better play calling or is it better? Absolutely, that's, a, that's an adjustment. No, that's absolutely. Adjustment. So it, once again, I said I said this on the Raw Action Show. At the half, you know exactly. There's a reason why we had two timeouts. We didn't go for it. We need. We, there's no excuse for that. Okay, if you're recognizing that, if you if that's your action, that means you have no faith in your quarterback. All right, fine. So why if you have no faith? Why aren't you running the ball more? Why do you have the same essentially the same play calls? It makes no sense. Two plus two is nine. Run the ball at 65, 35, 70, 30. I don't care, but run the ball more. Put him in a better position to, to succeed. If you're not going to do that, put a new quarterback in. And and that goes to the next point that we we're going to make as far as an adjustment goes is you have two running backs averaging seven yards a carry, and you got another one averaging three, and that's only because one of his yard runs was twice as long as all the other ones. I mean, it just – And even if it's just for one game. Yeah, I mean, we just – Na- Naquan – Maybe move Naquan to the back of the shuffle. I, I personally would like to see a steady dose of, of two and seven. I think everyone would at this point. I don't think I'm exactly uh, remaking the wheel here by saying this. I think we would all like to see two and seven get the majority of the burn out there. <laughs> um, and that that's But that's an adjustment. That's an adjustment going forward. If, if Naquan's running into the pile and not reading his – the zone cuts. I mean, you can't just keep running him out there just to make see if he gets it. <laughs> yeah, it should be probably what 40-40-20. Turn the reps. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Or go with the hot hand. I don't I'm all for if 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 somebody's just seeing the hole better that night, go with that guy. Absolutely. I don't, but that I don't one, have but, a problem with it. But that goes to pl- like pl- it, night by night, so not everyone's gonna have a, the best night. Yeah, you know, ETN's not playing well. You fumble. Okay, get not out reading of the whole. Some days you just don't. You don't read the, the read the box right. You just That's, don't. Absolutely, and that, I, that actually that now applies of, to literally every player, including uh, AR. Absolutely, a lot of teams, a lot of teams, whether college or NFL, run a lot of two backs. You rarely see three, and that's the issue. It just and it's hard to get any rhythm. When you're not getting carries, Billy like, did that last year. And had yeah, two, I mean, and it, Billy did it last year. He pretty much had two 1,000 yard backs. So he, yeah, that's what, yeah, that's what I'm, that, that's my point. That's what I'm saying. It's hard to do three backs. No, 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 two, two. no. But he had three guys getting carries and two of them had almost 1,000 yards. He had Billy's two that done it. He had three that had that had really yeah. good seasons. Billy's but, done it. But that he's, we'll see. It's, we'll see how it's, he adjusts. It's hard to do that in, at this level. 
That's what I'm saying is when you when you're at this level, I'm not to at Louisiana Lafayette, I'm not I'm not taking away from what he did. What I'm saying is the, the way they ran the ball there in against that competition with their offensive line maybe more dominant there, you it's gonna be harder to do that here where you got with two backs and Naquan's not pulling his weight. That's what I'm I would saying. simply it's, it's say easy. that yes, SEC defenses are just probably better than than those lower conference defenses, but at the same point, you're still you, that's a lot of carries that Hold you on, have but, to get. But, but at the same time, you're going to have, if you have SEC, I mean, your talent would, would be better. Like, if you have SEC back, SEC O-linemen, okay, the D-linemen are better, but good. so are your O-linemen. How many, every, teams every, you see, how, how many teams do you see do more than two? How, it's our I'm play calling. It's asking our play calling. It's our play calling. It's, I, don't, okay. I, don't, I don't How many teams do you see run triple wing, a triple option, or, or wing T, whatever? It's their specific play calling. It's not it's per team basis. Everyone's different. How many teams what? do you see throwing ball six times like Mike Leach? Is he wrong? No, it's him. He's at the end of it. the day. At the end of the day, if a guy's not getting it done, though, we need to get the guy out there that is. I mean, and I think we all agree with that. I don't think there's any argument that if if you watch Naquan go out there and, and carry the ball seven, eight times for 30 yards or whatever it was. Um, and then you watch Montreal get all that plus in one carry. And you watch some of the things that ETN does just to get extra yards on every play. It, it's, yeah, it's pretty evident what the talent level is out there. And, and I'd like to see that changed accordingly, uh, you know, um, offensive line play. Obviously, this week we'd like to see some better offensive line play. You're not going to be lining up against defensive line even close to the quality of Kentucky. Um, these guys should prove their – if these guys have NFL uh, – visions of NFL grandeur, they should be pushing guys around all night. I mean, we should see defensive linemen on their back getting pushed into the second level without a doubt. So – Moving on with that, guys, um, like we always do, we're going to pick our impact players of the week. Mike, who's your who's your impact player for this week versus South Florida? I'm so a little mad. At, we didn't get that dub because my impact player had been correct. Um, I got Montreal Johnson. I think uh, I have a little bit of faith. He a little bit of faith. Um, he's going he's to get the – he'll be the guy, the, uh, get the majority of carries. he also have the hot hand because he's the best back that we have on the roster. Um, at least at the moment. So I have him uh, getting over 100 yards, probably about a buck, say 107 for, for, for uh, shits and gigs. So, um, but yeah, that's my guy. Wes, who's your impact player? Uh, the real best back on the team, ETN. I, oh. I, I, I got him breaking – I got him up doing a dimps this week and, and really breaking one. We haven't seen a running back – uh, I know uh, P. Ryan had one a couple years ago, but a true just leave everybody back there, 70, 60-yard run, uh, other than AR. Yard. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I, I just need that in my body. So I mean, not in my body. I need to see that. My, my mind needs to see that. My eyes need to see that. So I, I'm, good. I'm going with ETN, leading the team in rushing this week as well. So um, I'm going to give him two touchdowns as well. And hey, hey, Hirsch, one second. Since we're on running backs, uh, the last uh, Billy's three running backs last year had uh, 838, 855, and 642 rush yards. 
That's not two thousand yard backs and that's six. That, that's what I mean by giving one guy the hot hand. And with in the SEC, you get fewer possessions. You can't do that. Few possessions, man. Same way in the NFL, SEC. Few possessions. You can't do three backs in SEC. Nobody in the NFL does it. Nobody in SEC football does it. All right. I guess uh, Mike Lee can pass the ball. He shouldn't because it hasn't gotten any wins for him. Has he won anything? <laughs> has he won anything? Has he won, a, has he won a conference championship? A conference? Has he, has he won a division championship? So, oh, are you not a successful coach if you don't win a Has he, has he won a, a division championship? That, what's the barometer? What's the barometer? Is Mike Leach a barometer? I'm at, no, I'm asking you. Let's use an example. It's not Mike Leach. What's the barometer? It's not, my, it's not Mike Leach. I used an example. And I'm getting, I'm shooting that one down. It's not my if, if you if you run triple option, is it a good? Is it winning you ball games Tom, or winning you divisions? Tom Osborne, pretty good. You, so we're going to so I got I'm gonna talk about my impact player. <laughs> <laughs> It'd be easy to pick a running back because we probably should just run the ball in this game, but I'm gonna go with our boy George Justin Shorter for this one. Um like I said, I've I've rewatched it a couple of times and, and Justin was running open, man. And I got a feeling that they they identified that in film this week, and I I got a feeling we're going to see Justin catch a few balls and maybe one for for a big game, maybe find him in the back of the end zone if we get down in the red zone. Um, just go with the senior the senior leader there. So I'm looking for a big game from Justin Shorter. I started to go back with Rick. I changed my mind. <laughs> uh, I think Ricky still got some issues with his foot. I'm I'm not. Obviously, that report's not out there, but given the fact that he wasn't in late in the game and just that it seems like a lot of all the routes that he's been making catches on are always the same, it it just leads me to believe maybe he's still having more trouble within that foot than than is being let on. Um, So moving on, guys, we're going to hit our keys to victory like we do every week. And this shouldn't be too, uh, too terribly difficult as far as keys to victory goes. Um, Wes, what are your keys to victory this week? I'm kind of slightly changed the key to victory. I'm just what I want to see in this game. And y'all got, we all kind of hit it on it earlier. I just want to see, I think Mike said it clean. I just want to see not a lot of penalties, no turnovers. I want to, I want to stop defense to force some turnovers too. I think that's something that we need to improve on making, like turn the ball over, not a lot of penalties and just clean, clean football. No, no turnovers, no penalties, forcing turnovers. D-line continue to dominate. That's what I want to see. We're going to win the game, so I don't think I need to say keys to victory. The stuff I want to see is is clean football, period. Nothing wrong with that. Mike, what are your keys? Protect the run, run the ball, period. Mine is, um, first, just don't overthink it, guys. Let's, let's just – you're not out there, you know, you're not playing some powerhouse. Go out there, do what you need to do. Call a smart game and just and just do what take care of business. And and I'd like to see AR make the right reads. I'd like to see a progression this week in 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 his reads. Like I was just saying about, I think Justin Shorter might have a good game. I the reads are there. He just has to make them. I don't want to see him going with his first thought every single time. I, I, you know, look down the field, see where your guys are. Now that goes back to the offensive line needs to do their role, give him time, give him a clean pocket. But if he has that pocket, I'd like to see him make his progressions and look for some of these, you know, deeper shots than these, uh, you know, and God bless. I don't want to see any wide receiver screens this week, please. 
Um, <laughs> but anyway, we're going to make our score prediction like we do every week. Mike, what's your score? 47-6. Woo. Wes? Uh, 52-7. 52-7. Yeah. He truly is the hype man. <laughs> you can't make it I'm up. Gonna, you can't I'm going to go a one more touchdown. I'm going to go a little more conservative, and, and, and maybe I'll catch some heat for this, but I'm going to say 38-7. to seven. I think that's we're going to probably – That's fair. I think we'll probably run the ball a lot. Like we said, I think the clock will keep moving. I don't think there's going to be a whole lot of dead clock time and, and just, you know, I don't know. I think we, we – obviously, I think we beat them up, but I don't think we blow them out like people, are, you know, would think. You never know, man, if they put in that walk on the fourth quarter. I mean, hey, hey, that offense is going to be buzzing like the Rams, man, back in the day. Greatest show on turf, man. This is going to be. This is going to make for some good quotes this week, guys. Y'all make sure y'all uh, hit Mike up this week with his uh with with backup quarterback names with the best court backup made it made up backup quarterback names, <laughs> and we'll just put them on on jerseys for Mike. All right, guys, let's we're gonna get to the pickums now this week, man. Boy, whoo. You know, you know, um, champ is here. The, the champ is kind of here. I don't care. What I don't even care Mike, about the games. Let's 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 preface. Mike made a hell of a prediction last week, folks, and we're going to give him his due because if we don't, we'll never hear the end of it, and we're not going to hear the end of it anyway. No, but we're still okay. going to give the devil his due. Appreciate it. Mike picked App State to walk in to College Station and grab the victory. I, I, I said I wanted to. I said I wanted to do it. I didn't have the, the cojones to do it. Mike did. But Hurst still won the week 7-3. That's fair. You know, because you said, oh, hey, I think they're going to lose it in the fourth. And I said, I quote, not with that quarterback. What ha- Hey, I don't care if you have 300,000 people. If you're inconsistent, the crowd's out of it. Period. They, and they were. App State, they travel. At, hey, Vegas, I'll tell you what. I should have put money on a game. Would have paid out, you know, would have got, got some nice shoes. But Vegas, I'll let you know I don't need 16 points. I'll do money line. Maybe need new shoes. Yeah, for real. <laughs> Your boy Hirsch went 7-3 and three last week. Mike went 6-4 and four with an asterisk because he, he, he picked the big game. And, man, our boy Wes is down there at 5-5. Five and five. Whew. I had, I, and t- I had a couple of tough losses too, but hey, can't win them all. So that means me and Mike are tied 14 6 on the year, and our boy Wes is down there at 11 and 9. And it's tough. I don't even want to, I don't even want to say what our boy CJ went last week. He came with such great information and <laughs> man, so prepared. And God, he was almighty. prepared. He said stuff with such confidence and had probably much more thought put into all those picks than us put together. Thousand percent. And finished below all. <laughs> what does that tell you, man? Hey, you got to say things with your chest. Yep. So here we go, boys. Week three pick them. We're going to start it off with the arch enemy. UGA versus South Carolina. What do we think, guys? What do we think, Wes? UGA. Mike? 
Yeah, it's going to be hard for me to pick a Spencer Rattler-led team, um, <laughs> even even at home. And um, and I and by the way, I think that's going to go south really fast. Um, but I got UGA. Yeah, we all say that, guys. We're we're still struggling through this uh, terrible slate of games. I mean, it it was hard to find ten good games this week again, without you know putting Florida. Obviously, we'd all pick Florida. All right, here's a good one though. Here's one we're gonna have to think about: Mississippi State versus LSU. Who's got to think about it? It's hey, fighting fighting Mike Leach's baby. That's why. Hey, this that was a setup. <laughs> hey, you think that was that wasn't by design? You gave me the best one of the better better follows on Twitter. <laughs> Going in to Death Valley. Hey, fun fact: I shouldn't even give you this information. You know, recall last year when their quarter, same quarterback set the passing record. Because hmm. I do. Wes, he'll pick it back. LSU. Ooh, okay. I have no faith in Brian Kelly whatsoever. Not at all. Brian Kelly's. I I saw a tweet this week, and it was it was one of the better tweets I've seen in a long time. That Brian Kelly left Notre Dame to go to LSU and simultaneously burned down both programs at the same time. I think that's one of the best <laughs> tweets I've ever seen. <laughs> I mean, I'm gonna go pay. with Mike Leach, man. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna follow suit. Let's go, baby. I mean, my, Brian Kelly is a murderer. So, oh my god. All right, going to t- College Station again. Oh boy, Miami versus Texas A&M. Mike. <laughs> Ooh, he's having. He's gonna have a hard time with this one. Not. Not at all. Knowing it. So. It's still a Manny Diaz, primarily a Manny Diaz team. So, you know, they, they're they not disciplined. Uh, you're not going to be able to make up that in one year. They got friendly reminder. They got booed at home. So they're going to they're gonna start off slow um, and uh, probably going to lose probably about by 11 points. Nah, I take that back. Six About 15 points will be the difference. Uh, go fighting he's Jimbo's. Just, and he's just pissed. doing this for sound bites, guys. He's we, don't, we don't need a spread. <laughs> Wes, what you think? I think I hate both. I hate Jim. I don't hate Texas AM. I just hate Jimbo. And I definitely hate Miami. But uh, since Texas AM is home, I'm going to go with uh, and come off that loss. I'm going to go with them. I, I kind of like that defense. So I'm going to go with uh, Texas AM. I just, I can't see. Miami ain't used to playing in front of that many people. <laughs> no, they, they never have. Literally, they never have. literally, literally. Yeah. Uh, they're gonna think that like that's like three combined crowds, like three home games, and you're still short, probably twenty thousand. Yeah. About to say you're giving them a little credit. <laughs> they just got booed. They, I, I forgot who they faced. Even I, I think A and M's gonna come out a little bit pissed off on this one. I, I, I hope so. But yeah, you know, me and my boy from Boone took care of business. Yes, sir. All right. Moving on down the line. We all got AM. BYU versus Oregon. BYU. Hesitate. Um, you know, I'm saying I'll say with my chest, BYU. Uh a little fun fact. Never trust a Bo Knicks led football team. <laughs> he is uh, believe it or not, <laughs> I can't believe saying this. Uh Bo Nix is worse at football than Will Levis. Um, you're not going to hear me say that a lot, but it's, <laughs> it's a fun fact. And, yeah. 
Wes took my daggum thunder right there. I was I was all prepped to to, to talk about nah. how I I'm not put betting on no Bo Nix football team and, and <laughs> no, took no, it from me. No, that was Mike that took your thunder. That was me. I said, Mike, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Oh man, you got a Bo, you got late, a Bo Nix joke? If it's Will, uh, this is Bo Nix. <laughs> it's getting late in the night here. I've been trolling here. Bo Nix for about three years, brother. <laughs> all right, Penn State versus Auburn. So that's actually a great pick. Um, I'll reserve mine for last. I got some. T- I got some time. Oh, okay. Go ahead, Wes. What you think? Be uh, Penn State versus Auburn. Uh, I'm gonna go with uh, SEC on this. I'm gonna go with Auburn. Penn State cost me. Watch them do it to me again. I'm going Auburn. I have no faith in that program over there in in Auburn right now. I just I don't. He's gonna have to prove it to me. So I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go with the uh, fighting Sanduskies on this one. <laughs> well, if, we're, if we're going in that rate, you know that we oh, went to man. that realm. I was thinking about it. Um, well, I don't trust James Franklin as far as I can throw him, and uh, they look very consistent in a hostile environment at Purdue. Uh, Auburn is a consistent program. However, they can show up against talented teams, as evidence uh, last year. But they definitely still have some talent. So I'm going to take uh, the coach with the um, best-looking daughter. Go Auburn. That breakdown made no sense whatsoever. <laughs> hey, I need to – can I need – you look Mike is going with Auburn. I, I, I just looked up some stuff. I need to go back. I, I, I'm going with Penn State. No, what? No, what let, him, let him. Let him. Let him. He'll be wrong. I'm going. I'm going Penn State. I had to look up some last minute stuff just now. Man, this is why you, you got to know ball. You got to know ball. Man don't know ball. Michigan State versus Washington. Ah. I'm I'm first on this Easy. one. No, go, go ahead, Sparty. Go Sparty. I knew Mike was oh, going with Sparty. My boy Mel, Mel Tucker. I love me some Mel Tucker. Hey, and shout out to Chris Bogle and uh, you know Broward Legend, and also uh, Kimbro. Two former yep. Gators Just got robbed. Go ahead, Wes. Yeah, I said it at the same time. Mike said it. I said Sparty. Yeah, I'm going Sparty too on this one. Oh, Friday night. Friday night. Oh, it's a Friday night game? Friday night. Florida State, Louisville. That's a game changer. What do we think? Go ahead, Mike. Kick us off. Florida State, Louisville. I will give credit to um, uh, Jordan Travis looking like the best quarterback in the state at the moment. Uh, However, uh, it's Mike Norbell. (laughs) He sucks. But, no, all all jokes aside, being a Friday night game is going to be is a huge advantage for Louisville. And um, as you can see with uh, Louisville, you know, putting uh, stuff in us in a locker on our picks against UCF, they were definitely well prepped and that was on the road. So uh, I definitely have Louisville here. Wes? Yeah, I'm going to go. I'm going to go with Louisville as well. Oh, we. I don't, think Louis, I don't think Louisville's getting up two weeks in a row. I just – Florida State's had a little time here to get ready. Prep had a week off last week. 
Ah, I never thought I'd have to give man. See the day. Maybe I'll reverse jinx them, but I'm going to go ahead and go with FSU. (laughs) Ole Miss and and the and Georgia Tech. So me design. Yeah, go ahead, Wes. Knock us off with that. Ole Miss, Georgia Tech. Rebels. Okay. Mike. Um, nice. Jeff Collins and Georgia Tech, they looked uh, – they actually looked pretty solid. They against, looked confident uh, for about three quarters. Clemson. But Jeff Collins really let me down. He coached scared. Lane Kevin hasn't been scared, and he just hasn't been scared. So I got uh, Ole Miss is going into uh, going into downtown Atlanta and t- taking care of business. Yeah, I, I man, my heart. I'm an Atlanta boy. I, I, my heart tells me I'd really like to pick Tech, but I just don't think they have the weapons to hold to, to stay with them. Um, Jeff Smith, uh, Jeff looks good. For, Jeff Sims looks good for spots, and in some spots he looks yeah. absolutely lost. He looks and better, but yeah, he's he looks better, but he looks like he might be a quarterback in the portal this year too. <laughs> I mean, I just. <laughs> I just don't know. He might be. He might be at the University of Florida next year. We might want to keep an eye on that. It's <laughs> <laughs> not even funny. I'm just, I'm just saying. Um, but yeah, I'm going to go ahead and go with Lane and the Fighting Rebels. Purdue versus Syracuse. Ooh. Oh, Wes, Wes, you going to let Purdue give you another run? Man, nah, Syracuse looks good, man. Syracuse is the one like. Both of their games that they've looked decent, so I'm gonna go and they beat that Louisville team that we were just talking about from uh, that that beat UCF. So I'm gonna go with Syracuse. They're at home. Go with the home team. All right, Mike. Purdue let me down already. I'm gonna go to the to the man with the best ba- Beijing hair in the country, Dino. <laughs> My man Dino is about to get it done. And if you want, if I'm not gonna be a fool like Wes was, Wes is my boy, but that was a foolish pick, picking Purdue. <laughs> they lost at yeah, the I'm, end, man. And they were hurt. <laughs> they lost. I got you. They lost. It's okay. Yeah, I'm going but with Syracuse. Still, still too. a great guy. I, I think. I think he's got a good thing going up there this year. I think they. Uh, they might. Bro, su- they were gonna surprise a few people. Mike trashed them last week, though. Oh. Well, Mike. Mike. <laughs> You know, Mike does what he's got to do. All right, last game. Texas Tech versus NC State. Is it on me? Who is it on? Go Wolfpack, baby. Go Wolfpack. Mike's making his pick, so we're not even going to worry about You're going to abandon the Red Raiders this week. You're going to abandon the Red Raiders after they gave you a win last week, didn't they? A lot of teams give me wins because I know (laughs) both. A lot of teams give me wins. Yeah, I'm going with uh, – is this the pick I want to switch now? I was because oh. Mike picked them too. Oh. I don't know. Texas Tech, they they kind of I don't know. They got right, they already did this that one with LSU. Yeah, yeah, they got the backup quarterback or like that that was in last week, and I don't know if the the starter's coming back. You know what? I don't like NC State. They didn't show me anything week one against East Carolina. Screw it. I'm flipping my pick just because Mike did it. Just because Mike picked NC State. Forget the Wolfpack. I'm going with Texas Tech. I hate the ACC. Uh uh-uh. uh, gotta love the logic there. Just like, just like the song says, "NWO Wolfpack." Don't turn your back on the Wolfpack, baby. <laughs> Too sweet. I love them, man. Do <laughs> you know what time that game is? I do not. Oh, that was a night game. Oh man. 
All right, guys. The picks are locked in. We'll see what happens. Guys, it's been another great, great episode. A lot of information shared. We'd like to give a big shout-out, big thank you to Nick Delatore for coming on the show with us, man, and just bringing so much great information, hanging out with us, just chatting it up, answering so many questions. Love it. Thank you so much, Nick. Um, Gator Nation, as always, please make sure you just go and download us wherever you get your podcasts from. Like I said, Apple, Spotify, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio. We're available on all major platforms. Go check us out. Go give us a download. Write us a review. We like to hear from everybody and hear how we're doing and what you might like to hear going forward. Make sure you go check us check us out on YouTube. Respect our decision. Give our channel a subscribe, a like on the videos. Hit the notification bell. That'll tell you anytime we upload a new video, you'll get a notification to let you know it's ready to go. Um, and once again, guys, if you'd like to support us on Patreon as creators, hit our Patreon up. Respect our decision. We got a lot of content coming to that very shortly. It's like as as, as also blah blah giveaways. We're gonna get some stuff on there to raffle off. Maybe some giveaways, some some merch. We'll see what we got coming out here very shortly. Um, Mike, you got anything you want to add before we jump? I'm just glad we could bring it out at the beginning of the show, but um, just it's Bateman Goddess. Bateman Goddess, man, you can't you can't escape Bateman Goddess. Hey, man, this is <laughs> key, baby. You can't even hope to contain it. I'm, you really can't. You really can't. Not even the Wolf Pack. The Wolf Pack, yeah. Wes, you want to take us home, brother? Yeah, thank you, Gator Nation, for all the follows, all the feedback. Uh, we really, really appreciate you guys. As Echo what her said about subscribing to our pages, uh, check us out on Facebook as well. If we have that, respect our decision. I'll try to keep things updated there as well. Um, and, of course, uh, salute to our veterans. If you know any veteran, you're a veteran yourself, and you need any uh, assistance with trying to get uh, disability claims, uh, or know someone in that situation, please reach out to us and we try to get to the information uh, as soon as possible. Okay. Thank you guys. Go Gators. Back to you, Hirsch, if you guys have anything. I think that's about it, man. You said it best. Go Gators. Bateman go Goddess. Go Gators. <laughs> we love you guys and we'll catch you on uh, Sunday with our raw reaction to the USF game. Thank you so much, everybody. Peace. Peace. catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row dreaming of something better well hello fresh is your guilt-free dream come true baby it's me geeky palmer 
Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app. You can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com. Code PROGRAM.